There we go, guys. Happy Doge Day. We're taking Dogecoin to the moon. Not really. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sort of bored of the price action in Doge. I mean, it, I, I would want it to either go to a penny or like to $9. All right. I want one of those two. Uh, you know, you can tell that I'm not a person that has skin in the game because I can throw out a statement like that. But hey, that's where I am at with it. Today is for 20 uh, officially Doge Day, unofficially Doge Day, I guess is the better way to put it, guys. Um, but 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 all right, let, let, let's get into what we're gonna get into today. Uh, and, and shout out Christian Gallagher in the chat saying it's actually a catchy tune. Yes, it is. It's the best way to start it. And I promise you guys, we will not play the song again until Doge either gets to, to 69 cents or we are back on Doge Day at this time next year. All right, there we go. We've done it twice now. I enjoy the song. Um, I don't know if Jason has heard the song yet. If he hasn't, may maybe we'll need to play it when he comes on. Um, but but there's the deal there, guys. Uh, reminder of what this show was about, right? We're, we're, we're doing this for 90 minutes, or, or I'm sorry, 120 minutes, guys. That, that's what we're doing. Why are we doing it? We're doing it because we want this to be the best stock idea resource possible, okay? That's it. We, we, we don't want there to be any better way for you to spend your time getting stock ideas than this show. So if we're not delivering, you have tools. You're empowered. We're all about empowering people here at Benzinga. Call us out, right? You, you, you've got your, 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 there we go. Couldn't be a weather person. You got your, your chat box down below. Uh, you have Twitter. You have whatever and say, this show is BS. We need more ideas. We need less fluff. Uh, you know, ca call us out on it. And guys, ideas are not just going to come from myself. They're, they're not just going to come from Jason. They're not just going to come from our guests. But most importantly, they're going to come from all of you out there in the chat. All right. that That's what Zinger Nation is all about. If you are hanging out, you're watching the show with us. You are a part of Zinger Nation. You you are a member here with us. Uh, so, so, so quick preview of what is to come today, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about crypto stocks some more. More blood in the streets. More red. So, so, so we're going to talk about the crypto stocks. Um, we're going to talk about the cannabis trade. It is 420. We, we are going to talk about the cannabis stocks and the cannabis trade. And then we've got an awesome lineup of guests coming today, guys. So, so at 12:15 Eastern, all these times are going to be in Eastern. 12:15 Eastern, uh, Guy Goldberg, Chief Business Officer of Red Hill Bio, publicly traded company, is going to be on with us at 12:30. Stock Market Wolf at one o'clock. Anthony Denier, CEO of Weeble. All right, if you're a Weeble user, you're thinking about becoming a Weeble user. If you have questions about the, the product, you have features you want, you, you just want to say, hey, I love Weeble. Write those down. Have them ready. One o'clock Eastern, we're going to have the CEO on live with us. Weeble, big announcement out uh, yesterday. Benzinga actually broke the news, but Benzinga's very own Chris Catchy. We broke the news yesterday that Weeble was going to be adding Dogecoin. The news is big enough to actually move the price of Doge. 
Benzinga exclusive stories, moving markets. <laughs> yeah, first air horn of the day for that one. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and, and then let's see. Uh, what one thirty CC Legator uh, options AI is coming on. So 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 basically, what he's going to be talking about is options plays into earnings week. How, how to use some options to to play some earnings volatility. So 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 jam packed day, guys. We're, we're, we're keeping it bumping, um, and, and, and we, we will have some time to get to your stocks. All right, I'm going to open it up with, with a little bit on crypto and cannabis, uh, but drop tickers you want us to talk about in the chat, right? If you want us to talk about Palantir, you want us to talk about, I don't know, Spy, you're boring. Whatever it is that you want us to talk about, drop them in the chat now. We will get to them, um, and, and, and we're going to get rocking and rolling, all right? Bozo over here. Yeah, that's me. All right. So, so first things up, 420 Cannabis Day. You guys have to admit, all right, I, I should get a, a round of applause or at the very least a like for this one. I, I said the jig was up for the like the past week. I've been saying the, the 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 cannabis 420 trade doesn't work anymore. It was like the hottest trade around in 2014, 2015, 2016. It was easy, easy money. We've been saying on this show that if you're buying these stocks because you want to run up on 420. Don't it hasn't worked the past several years this year? No exception. If we look at canopy growth here, ticker CGC, uh, you see the stock is off five and a half percent. Let's see, let's look at some of our other cannabis stocks. Um, you know, we, we look at our Tilray down seven percent. Uh, the, the, the sector as a whole, despite it being 420, the, the unofficial cannabis day, that the stocks are not getting the pop that they, we saw several years ago. Um, you know, I, I if if we pull back, we look at the charts. Here, here's a one-year chart. Daily candles. Canopy does have this big twenty-four level, uh, twenty-four dollar level that that it's coming up into, right? We we see a series of lows right around that twenty-four dollar level. So so if you're you're praying for some good news because you're a Canopy shareholder, there's some. Uh, is, is that at least it looks like there's some buying around there. But but again, if 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 I don't deserve a round of applause, I at least deserve a like on the streams. I told you guys. The, I went back, I looked at all the charts. The trade was hot 2014, 2015. Um, but the past couple of years, the, the cannabis trade into 420 on 420 has not been working. Um, so if you're hanging out in these stocks, I don't know, be careful. You know, I see somebody in the chat saying that the stocks will rally around 420 p.m. Eastern. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but, but that's the move there. Uh, let, let, let's talk about some of these crypto stocks as well. All right, so 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 we're we're still seeing blood in the streets. So if we pull up a chart of the Mara, we, we pull up a chart of Riot. You know, I'm I'm, I'm jumping the gun on this one because I know that people are going to ask right away. They don't look great. Uh, you know, they're 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 not catching any sort of bids. They're falling through previous support levels. Of course, it, it's tied to the price of Bitcoin. Um, and and I'm going to ask this one. I'm going to throw this one out to Zinger Nation. If you guys like these stocks right here, right? If if you if you are long or would go long a marathon digital, a riot, whatever it is, throw me the one in the chat. If not, throw me the two. I, I want to see where everybody's at. I'm gonna give my take in just a second here. But but again, I want to throw this one out to Zinger Nation. All of you hanging out there in the chat with us. Um Bitcoin stocks, blockchain stocks, where are you at with them? Uh dro drop drop those ones and twos in the chat there. Personally. I, I don't love them on a swing trade right now. Um, you know, longer term, no comment, probably better longer term than not. Uh, but 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 for a short term trade, 
I, I, a swing trade. I really don't like them. And I see a lot of you out there not putting in your ones or your twos. This is not, you know, you're, you're not like some neutral country in, 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 in a war, right? You, you, you can't abstain. You, if, you, if you're here hanging out with us, the very least that you can do is contribute to the community. Give us all a sense as to where you're at, okay? I'll give you a second chance to throw your one or the twos in the chat. Because, again, this is all about ideas, information sharing. There we go. Now we got some more people coming in and voting. Put them in, right? No, nobody sits out. Even if you're wrong, you don't have to feel bad. I'm wrong all the time, okay? Uh, I went long Mara on Friday. Horrible trade, right? Stupid trade, horrible trade. Bitcoin crashed on, on Saturday night. Um, but, yeah, it, it, and, and, and so it seems like the group is pretty mixed on these stocks. There, there seems to be about an even number of ones and twos. Uh, again, my, my thing is, is I don't see a reason to, to hit this on a swing trade right now. You're, you're basically trying to call the bottom in, in Bitcoin and, and call the bottom in these stocks. I have no special information that allows me to call that bottom, right? There's no event on the time horizon that I can point to and say, you know, Hey, we have X, Y, Z coming up or, you know, there, there's this catalyst, I don't know, et cetera, something along those lines. Um, so, so. So the, the, there's the move there. Um, you know, I'll hang out on the sidelines. And of course, because I know that we're going to get asked about it, let's talk about Voyager Digital, VYGVF. Uh, Voyager Digital off another 12% today. The stock's now uh, about halved, almost down 50% off of its highs, right? We see the, the, those high prices right there on 30. I'll, I'll zoom in for you guys. 1690 is the last trade that we have right now per our Benzinga Pro pro.benzinga.com two-week free trial no reason not to give it a try right markets you might get stuff right or wrong but giving giving the, the free trial a try you can't lose um but but voyager digital yeah that down about half it, it's starting to get to the point where, where i think the valuation is really compelling i i, I you know we, we've got to do some of the math work but i think the stock is trading at around seven eight times revenue right now which is not horribly expensive uh, and especially considering the fact that the company did from three and a half million to 55 million of revenue from Q4 to Q1, I think starts to make the story pretty compelling. Um, you know, so so that's where I, I bombed out of it last week when 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 Coinbase couldn't hold its IPO price. That ended up being being the right call after, after such a, ride, a long ride in the stock. It, it's starting to get to, to some of those prices where I think it absolutely makes sense to get into it again. Um, so, so I'll be doing a little bit of work on my end. Maybe it's tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it will be in the next couple of weeks that, that we'll, we'll get back into this one at the very least at, at today's price. I do want to be in Voyager for the earnings report that said the earnings report is not until May. Uh, so, so you do have some time to, to hang out on the sidelines and, and, and sort of watch. Um, but, but there's the move there on Voyager guys. So, all right. That, that's what's up on my end. Uh, if you are just joining us, I'm going to take you through what we have to come. Again, this is we're, we're trying to make this show the best trade idea resource out there, right? We just did in the first 10 minutes. We not only played the Dogecoin song, which may make another appearance, but before we're done today, uh, but we just hammered through like eight tickers, just quick rapid fire thoughts. We threw some questions out to the community, out to Zinger Nation, guys. Uh, what, what, what's coming up ahead. We've got Guy Goldberg, Chief Business Officer of Red Hill Bio is going to be joining us in just a minute here. We, we, we've got three guests coming up, uh, I, I, including the CEO of Weeble. So if you're a Weeble user, you have features you want on Weeble, questions about Weeble, write them down, jot them down, get, get them in the chat. Um, 
you know, and, and, and we, we will get, get these out there. Uh, and then, and then later in the second half of the show around one thirty Eastern, we're gonna be talking about what are some options plays that we can make into earnings, right? It is officially earnings season. Earnings are going to be flying this week and really flying next week. All the hot stocks are reporting earnings next week. We're going to talk about options trade in, in, into those earnings reports. And guys, I'm, I'm going to show you something you might not have seen before. But based on the numbers, it doesn't seem like you've seen it. Up on my screen right here, we have YouTube. This is YouTube.com. On your YouTube, I guarantee, I guarantee that there is a like button. It's a little thumb, right? It, here, here's my thumb. It looks at least somewhat similar to that. I guarantee you have a thumb button there. Go ahead, press that. If you're really ambitious, you appreciate the ideas that we give you all day, every day. You've gotten into some of these nice trades with us. Check it out. There, there's a share button too. Right, all you have to do, you press this button, you know, throw this up on your Twitter, on your Facebook, email it to your mom, whatever it is that you want to do, share this thing. And I'm not saying to do it for my benefit, guys, but, but I'm saying to do it because the more people that we have in the community, the more people we have on the stream, the more ideas that we are going to get flying, guys. Uh, and, and when we say, hey, should we be long or short these blockchain Bitcoin stocks right now? Instead of having 50 people who say, I'm long them, I'm short them, whatever. You know, we, we want to have 250 people saying that, right? Let's get the sample size going, right? And, and instead of just 10 people a day dropping in, hey, hey, check, check out the breakout on this stock that's happening right now. We want to have 50 people in the chat saying, hey, this stock's breaking out, check it out, et cetera. All right. And, 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 uh, well, that's this one. Anybody else still holding Sundial? I don't think so. Did it hit a dollar? No, it was trying. Nope. Sundial's down too with all the other cannabis stocks. All right. Nobody, nobody's holding Sundial anymore. Sorry. But all right, guys, without further ado, there's your preview for the day. Stay tuned. Hit that like, hit that share. We're going to run this thing up. I wrote down your tickers. Look at, I got my trusty notepad. All right. You're giving me tickers for us to look at today. I wrote them all down. We will get to them. But first things first, I want to bring our special guest onto the stream. Guy, welcome to the Power Hour, man. We are happy to have you here. Coming to us from Red Hill Biopharma. What's up, man? How is your Tuesday thus far? Doing great. Great to be on your show. Our first time. We're very excited and uh, looks like a great format. So thank you. Absolutely. We, we are excited to have you here. Uh, and guys, if, if you if you want to look at the stock, you want to pull up a chart, RDHL is the ticker. That, that's Romeo Delta Hotel Lima. Somebody in Zinger Nation, drop that in the chat to help your fellow Zingers out. Uh, but but guy, I guess diving into it, uh, can, can you just give us a, an overview of the company? Sure, sure. So we're NASDAQ listed. Again, ticker is RDHL. Uh, we're a fast-growing revenue revenue generating biotech company. Our space is in the GI, gastrointestinal disease, and infectious disease area. And we're very unique in that we're, for a company of our size, something like a little bit over $300 million market cap, we're fully integrated, meaning we have both a commercial operation promoting three FDA-approved products and a full pipeline. Uh, one of the major highlights from our R&D pipeline is our COVID-19 drug that is currently in a phase two, three study. Uh, we've had a successful phase two study as well as some uh, exciting preclinical data. And we're, we're very excited to get that study done and, uh, and announce those results. And that should be happening, I think, in the coming weeks. 
Okay, so 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 we got a catalyst on the horizon in the coming weeks. It's for a COVID treatment. So so two follow up questions from that. What what exactly is a phase two three study? Uh, and, and then and then you know what what what's the what's the point of the COVID treatment? You know what are you treating? Who is it for? How, how does it help? Etc. Sure. So uh, the COVID phase two three means it's in a more advanced stage of clinical development. Um, and typically, the earlier stages of development phase one. Preclinical is when you're sort of getting to know the drug, trying to figure out uh, the safety levels. You're not yet into the point where you're trying to establish efficacy or whether the drug works. Phase two, three is means it's already an advanced stage of clinical development, and it means that we'll we'll be able to to get out of a, a very robust clinical study uh, a results of whether this works in COVID nineteen or not. And and the patient population. And is this a human at, study? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a human study. Uh, and over, it's about 464 patients, eight countries. This is in a population that is hospitalized. So it's a very uh, serious uh, COVID-19 uh, patient population, exactly where you wanna see uh, good clinical results. Because if you can be effective in this population, you really uh, mitigate the danger that this uh, pandemic poses uh, globally. Okay. And, and and like you you mentioned that, that you guys work work on GI type type treatments, um, you know the the COVID nineteen treatment is I would imagine that's outside of GI, is that the case or not? So we're in the area of GI and infectious disease. Interestingly, there's okay. a lot of overlap. So for example, one two of our promoted products are uh, one of them is for traveler's diarrhea, which is exactly in the kind of the gastro-infectious disease space. And the other one is for H. pylori infection, Telicia, which is a product that we developed and got approved by FDA. And that's for an infection that exists in the stomach. So there's a lot of overlap. And through that, we have a lot of expertise, both in infectious disease and also in gastro, and then also in places where they overlap. Excellent. And, and, you know, there, 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 there's several companies who are working on, you know, COVID-19 type treatments. Can you tell us a little bit about here, here's why what, what we're working on is especially compelling compared to some of the other firms? Absolutely. And, and I'd mentioned, you know, we, there, there have been no breakthroughs yet for treatment. So there's been some successes with vaccines, but there really haven't been any breakthroughs. In fact, the, I think the WA, since the WHO declared a pandemic about a year ago, uh, when that happened, roughly 20% of patients who were sick enough to be hospitalized ended up in intensive care. And we're roughly in that same uh, uh, range right now. So there really haven't been any breakthroughs and there's a strong area of unmet medical needs. So what our drug Opaganib does, which is unique, is it first of all has a dual mechanism of action. So it's both antiviral and it's anti-inflammatory, which is very important. Also, it's an oral pill, which makes it much more easier and much more widely uh, able capable of being more widely distributed. And also okay. it works um, on, on the host cell. It doesn't work on the virus itself. And what that means is that it might be able to overcome all this uh, mutational risk that you hear about coming from the UK, South Africa, and now India, and that, which is the real big uh, uh, danger keeping uh, public health officials awake at night. What's gonna happen with these mutations getting worse, uh, again, making the viral either more lethal or more transmissible. And our drug uh, potentially overcomes that by its mechanism of action. So we have a number of unique advantages uh, and the fact that we're very advanced in, in the pipeline and in the development path already with already uh, some, some phase two data that we've generated and a big clinical study right around the corner. Okay. Uh, quick question out of the chat from, from Born to be Free. Uh, say, saying, well, will this work for all the variants? Yeah, so it's a great question. 
we believe that's possible. Again, because the drug works on the cell, in other words, on the body, it casts a very wide net in terms of how it could be effective. So the, the problem with a lot of the monoclonal antibodies like remdesivir and other drugs that are used is that they're specific antiviral drugs. So if the viral mutates, it can overcome and, and sort of uh, outperform these, antivir these antiviral drugs. Because we cast a wide net by working on the host rather than on the virus itself, we believe will be effective in, uh, in the different uh, variations that, that are being discussed that are, that are posing the risk right now. So the answer to that is yes. Okay, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and, and then you, you mentioned earlier that you guys are in the phase two, three study. It, it is in fact a, a human study. What, what comes after this? Is this the last step to be able to, to, to go to the FDA and say, hey, approve this? Is there more work to be done? What, what comes uh, after this study is complete? Right, so it really depends on the data. Uh, we are, okay. We're definitely in discussions with the FDA and we'll be taking that data to them. And then it's up to FDA to make the decision whether we do more work, what kind of work we need to do. Uh, so that's a discussion that will happen. One, one option is also to take this drug and, uh, and apply for uh, registration approval outside of the United States especially in places where you see the pandemic widespread in Europe right now, in Brazil, yeah. India, and those are uh, avenues that, that we can explore as well. Uh, the pandemic is, is raging, unfortunately, in, in many different uh, geographies, and there's a very strong unmet medical need for an easily uh, distributable drug uh, that can uh, have an immediate effect and help patients in this more uh, severe category of illness. Okay. Uh, an, another question I have uh, up at the top of the segment, you, you guys mentioned, uh, you know, you, you, you operate the, you know, both sides of the business, right? You, you do the commercialization yourselves, et cetera. Would, would the plan for this treatment be to, to commercialize it yourselves? Would you seek a partner maybe in the U.S., outside of the U.S.? What, what exactly does that look like? Yeah, so we've uh, built up a commercial infrastructure, uh, consists of uh, some of the top uh, uh, professionals in the industry on the, on the commercial side of things. Uh, so they are, are ready and, and able to, uh, to take the drug uh, if it gets approval all the way through uh, from distribution, ensuring quality, making sure we're compliant, uh, the, the trade aspects, distribution aspects, <clears throat> we're able to do all of that ourselves in-house. So we could uh, find a partner if we want to, but we also have the ability to do it ourselves. And I think that's a, a huge advantage and, and a rare uh, advantage for, for small uh, biotech companies such as ours. Okay, excellent. Um, and, and then I, I, I guess last question for me, and, and then I'll turn it back over to you if, there, if there's other things that we should talk about or, or items that I'm missing. But again, can, can you give us that timeline as to when we'll, when we'll expect the data? Sure. Uh, so a little bit about uh, the study, and that will help give uh, uh, some context. So uh, we're, it's, a, it's a study uh, of 464 patients. So these are all patients who are hospitalized with severe uh, COVID infections. Typically, they require they require oxygen, not on um, on, uh, on on forcible oxygen supplement, but on on uh, on, uh, on on supplemental oxygen. And um, we administer the the drug for a two week period of of uh, treatment, and then we uh, we evaluate uh, various endpoints at the end of that that treatment period. Right now, um, we're, as I mentioned, we're in eight countries that we are conducting studies. That includes Italy, UK, Russia, Israel, Mexico, Colombia, Poland, Brazil. So these are all countries with, with uh, large uh, or recently large uh, infection rates and, and about approximately 40 sites. So these sites are all recruiting patients. 
and we have uh, the majority of patients already recruited. Uh, so we're trying to get that last number through. And when we, we get that last patient in, then we have to complete the two-week uh, course of treatment. We have to analyze the data, and then we're able to, uh, to uh, announce the results. So we're, we're talking not too distant future. Uh, probably in, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks, we'll be able to complete uh, recruitment of that study. And then we're in a, in a race to, to get the results and to be able to announce them. So we're really not talking about a, a, a large period of time. Got it. Okay, so 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 we, we we've got a couple weeks to, to complete the enrollment of the patients. You've got a couple weeks to treat those patients, uh, and and then I would imagine a couple weeks to to analyze the data and then be able to to show the world, hey, here here's what we came up with. Is that fair? So the, yeah, the two week treatment period is correct. The actual time to enroll the remaining patients that one is very difficult to judge uh, because you are uh, it, it's not really in your control. So we yep. anticipate based on. Our recruitment rates that it will be a few weeks uh several weeks but we it's hard to nail that down and then at the end of the the treatment period the two-week treatment period it takes another period of time and again that one is difficult to predict uh exactly how long it is because you have to look at the data and make sure your the, the whole data set is complete some of the technical stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that when you unblind and you and, and uh, announce the results, the, the results are accurate, robust, they've been quality controlled, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole period of time <clears throat> is a little bit difficult to, to predict, but you're talking about, um, you know, you're not talking about a big period of time. Awesome. All right, guys, that, that, that was the last question that I had on my end. Uh, anything else that we should talk about today? Yeah, just just as an overview, we're very excited about our prospects of a company. We we didn't get into a lot into the the commercial aspects of what we're doing. We have three FDA products that we're uh, promoting. Uh, uh, we have a very strong cash position uh, as of March fourth, which was the last time that we announced it, of about a hundred million dollars. Uh, we have um, uh, revenue coming in almost at an annualized uh, level of about ninety million dollars, uh, and and that's coming from those three. FDA-approved products that we promote with our commercial team. We have about 100 sales reps and a very uh, seasoned commercial team um, uh, leading those efforts based in Rally. So a lot going on for our company. There's also a lot more in our R&D pipeline that we didn't get a chance to talk about. So uh, very exciting times for the company. This is a pivotal time and a pivotal year for us. And uh, we appreciate you you uh, letting us on the program and, and sharing uh, what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I... I... I, I really appreciate God, and I don't know if you're planning on doing this, but I just asked the questions that I had as, as you know, so, somebody in the investment community. So I appreciate you walking us through the timelines and, and how these things work and what happens after the study's done. You go to the FDA, then they decide, hey, can we approve this? Do we need more data? All, all that sort of thing. So so I appreciate you taking the time to take us through uh, the, the life cycle of how this stuff works. And guys, again, uh, the, the company Red Hill Biopharma, ticker RDHL, that's Romeo Delta Hotel Lima. Guy, I hope you will come back and, and hang out with us soon. Gladly. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's an interesting one, right? There, there's all this talk about, about the COVID vaccines and, and you know, the, the, the race to get the vaccines approved. We, we saw that a couple months ago. And, and now, you know, who, who's winning the contracts and that sort of that side of things. Uh, now we're, we're talking about about a different aspect, right? Actually treating COVID once people contract it. Uh, so, so it's interesting. And a good question in the chat. Well, well, any, any reason this drug won't be used to treat non-hospitalized COVID? That would have been a good one to ask. I don't know. I don't know. But I bet that if you email their investor relations, they will tell you that answer. All right. 
Well, guys, so 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 giving a preview of what is to come. Uh, quick, quick little heads up. We're, we're, we're going to have a very special guest on here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to be talking some 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 trading insight and some trading ideas. Uh, after that, we're, we're going to roll out our chat challenge for the week, right? This is where Zinger Nation, we're, we're doing some stock picking, right? We're just running a contest. We're going to have some prizes. So, so, so stay tuned. We're going to be getting to that in about 20 minutes uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern. Anthony, CEO of Weeble, is going to be joining the Power Hour. So if you are a Weeble user, thinking about being a Weeble user, uh, you, you want to talk about Weeble, he's going to be on with us at 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, and, and then at 1.30, we're going to be getting into options plays for the upcoming earnings season, right? We, we, we're seeing earnings start this week. Next week is going to be hot and heavy with all of the hot stocks. So we're going to be talking about options plays into earnings. And again, guys, as always, if you have stocks, tickers for us to talk about, Drop them in the chat. I see somebody just threw in Snapchat, ticker S-N-A-P. Not one that I'm in right now. The chart is not great, but but let, let, let's throw this one out to the crowd, guys. Here, here's a three-month chart with, I believe, four-hour candles on it. Uh, but but let's, I mean, let's go. Somebody's asking for it. Let's throw it out there, guys. If you like Snapchat, you're long Snapchat right now, drop the one in the chat. If not, drop the two. I want to see where everybody's at with Snapchat. It's a stock that I used to trade quite a bit. Haven't been in it for, for a little while now. Um, but but again, drop in, drop in your ones and twos on Snapchat. I, I want to see where everybody's at. Uh, and again, but before we get to our chat challenge, we're bringing a very special guest on. So let me pull him on. Wolf, what's up, man? How are what's you? What's going on, man? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Doing well, doing well. That looks like an awesome chair, by the way. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, it's really comfortable. <laughs> it even <laughs> has a little wolf on it. <laughs> it does? Yeah. All right, where, where did the name Wolf come from? Uh, it was actually, it's always been my favorite animal, uh, but then it just became something. I've always been in the stocks, too, and then Wolf of Wall Street and all that stuff, so... Uh, just kind of went with it. All right. So I like it. I, li- I like yeah. the wolf story. Uh, yeah. and, and I guess, but before we dive into it, could you just give us a little bit of your background, talk about your trading style, et cetera? Uh, yeah. So uh, quick background. We could dive into a deeper background, but I uh, started trading in 2009. Uh, I was a single dad at the age of 19. Um, so I had read this book. It was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and it kind of talked uh, about three different concepts of uh, what the you know top percent of people do at the time I was only making 725 an hour working at the mall um, and so in the book it talks about uh, investing it talks about uh, owning a business in real estate I didn't have too much for investing or excuse me for real estate didn't have know too much about business so I started trading um, I was very into video games at the time as well um, so I started going get Barnes and Noble getting books everything that I can get on trading uh long story short uh while doing all of that was going to school um today i have two master's degrees a master uh in biotechnology and then a master in business so an mba and then i have a bachelor's in biology um 2014 i uh got joined on into amgen which is a biotech company here in southern california uh located in the thousand oaks area uh that's where i've worked primarily this entire time so that's my day job uh as and I first started working out in the lab today, I work as quality assurance. Um, but once I started at Amgen, I was able to put a big chunk of that money into stocks and trading. And throughout that time, I've 
been developing my skill set. So from 2014 to 2016 was where I was able to make a really big jump. I made my first million within that time frame. Wow, um, congratulations. Thanks, and, man. And, and you, you said that was in that 2014 to 2016 band. You started in 2009. I bet in 2009 you never believed that that would be possible or, or something you no. would do. No, not at all. Uh, again, I was a single dad and I was really struggling. And my days would consist of I would get up uh, and go to school. I'll get off from six to three. I'll get off and then come home. It'll take me about half an hour to an hour to get home, depending on traffic. Then I would go to work at the mall and I was working at Foot Locker Champs. And then I would get off at work at around 10 and I would stay up to study till about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., depending. Um, so it was a constant, consistent grind. Um, and it, 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 it really sucked. So I, I never thought that I would happen. I just knew that if I took the right steps daily, that, you know, it would come to flourishing. And so I, I never gave up. And I even, there was a time within that time period that I blew up an account. So how I started making money to be able to fund the account is at Foot Locker and Champs, which I can say now because I don't work for them. Uh, we used to get Jordans um, and we used to get employee discounts. And so we would get 50% off sometimes. And so I would take the, that shoe and list it on eBay. Uh, and I would make, you know, sometimes four to five X. Uh, and I started to get really good at it. And then I started doing other flips and that money would go into the account. Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I was trading. You know, I was trying to just read books and kind of just do it on my own without having a mentor. And I ended up blowing up that account. But I saw days where I was making a thousand bucks, five thousand bucks. And so I knew that it was possible. I just needed to hone in on the strategy. So then I was able to get some mentors and start learning and really dive into the risk management piece. Now, fast forward again, 2016 made that first million, felt amazing. Um, and then my wife, which was my fiance at the time, she said, you know, you should make this a business. There's people that, you know, can use this help. And so 2017, we made it a business. I had zero followers on Instagram, zero people in the program. And all I would do is just post content that is real. Um, and little by little, it started to grow. We started to have members making profit. Uh, they started to use my risk management strategy. And now today, uh, 2021, we have over 5,000 members in the group, over 40,000 followers on Instagram, which is small compared to a lot of people. But for me, it was pretty big um and it has grown this whole time so it's it's been a blessing uh to see where we've gone and, and what we've been doing um there's been days that i've made um consistently you know a thousand dollars today was 960 bucks so just shy of my profit i've even had days if you scroll down that i've made 283,000 in one day um so we've you know scroll up a little bit more you just missed it a little bit more a little bit more right there to the left uh, and that was a huge day. Uh, that day, uh, I believe it was GLSI and we caught it at like, I think it was like 19 bucks and it went all the way to 158. Right. Um, and so there's been some, some big days and, you know, I, I'm blessed to be where I'm at, where I can work and have this business and do the other stuff that I do. Uh, I have a family. I proposed to my wife in Paris. Um, I have two kids. And so, that's a quick little background about me. Um, okay. You have any questions? And and, and so 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 let, let let's springboard off of that that day that two hundred eighty four thousand dollar profit day. I mean that's like a day that makes a year. 
right there. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, are, are these day trades that you're getting into or, or swing trades? And, and then the, the other question that I have is how, how are you identifying these trades, right? What, what do you look for that makes you say, Hey, I want some action in this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that was a day trade. Okay. Specifically that was GLSI. Um, and the way that I have, what I call my money machine, what I do is the money that I make from work goes into the account that account I will use to day trade. Then from day trade, I will then put, depending on what I make a month, sometimes it's a hundred thousand, sometimes it's 200,000. I will then put that into swing trades on my longer term holds. And then from there, I'll funnel it, funnel it into other investments, real estate, et cetera. So it's just a constant flow of money working for me. Uh, you call um, it money machine? I call it my money machine. Hell yes. Yeah. I wait, hold on. <laughs> Air horns are out one. All right, that's cool. <laughs> I like it. The money machine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was a day trade. And so what I, my routine is every morning is I wake up sometimes at 5 a.m., 5.30 typically. Uh, I'm on the West Coast again, so that's, you know, 8.30 your time. Uh, and I will look at anything that's moving pre-market. And I want to know why it's moving, the rationale for it. And then what I do is look at it from a the daily chart. And then I go down to uh, a micro detail, looking at the 20-day chart, looking at the five-day, five-minute chart. And then okay. from there, uh, then I do my risk analysis, looking at support resistance, looking at where my technical indicators are. And then once I'm in the trade, then I, there will be strategy involved once I'm in there. Um, so to me, there's only two things in terms of trading that you need. You need to find a high probability setup, okay? Um, and that's doing your due diligence, looking at the daily chart, your five-day, five-minute chart, whatever it is that you're doing. And then two, uh, setting yourself up with a high probability chance of making money. That's your risk management side of things. Uh, a lot of people, they set their stop too small, and thus, you know, they end up getting out of the trade to only find the trade goes up further. Right. So for me, I like to give myself some wiggle room and then I make sure as the stock is riding up, I will take a little bit of profit along the way. And then as long as the stock, I use the nine EMA, which is my go to technical indicator. As long as the stock trends alongside that nine EMA, I will let the fucker ride. Excuse my friend. Okay. I don't know if I'm able to. No, no, you wait. Hold on. I think we, we have sounds. All right. Keep going. I'll find some. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so 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 you 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 start zoomed out, you zoom in, and, and and as long as the stock that you want the price above the the nine EMA, the candles as long as the candlesticks stay above the nine EMA, I will let the stock ride. The the like like the closing price on the candle, or you want the whole candle above the nine EMA. Uh, so I use the five minute chart, so I don't okay. make any decisions until that five minute candle closes. Okay, got it. Okay, so so you want the close of those five minute candles to stay above the nine EMA. Yeah. Um. And and then you you said you just let the fucking thing run, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And along the way, I take my initial profit. So my strategy is as soon as I'm in on a trade, I want to know what my risk is, and then from there, I look at what my. And what, what do you mean, like, like you want to know what your risk is? Like, how do, how are you defining that? I mean, okay. right? Your your risk could be the stock goes to zero. You know, no. So, yes. so, what do you so mean I don't know if I can share my. Screen. Yeah. Do it. Do it. We we love when people okay. share their screens. Uh, share screen. Yep, you should see a button on there. There it is. Okay. Can you see the screen? 
Yep, got it. Yep. Okay. So this was uh, FSR today. I only made 960, which I mean, I mean, if you make 960 every single day, that's 241,000 a year. So well, you, um, you mean you made 960 bucks, right? Yeah. You can see the prop. You can see the chart, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We see it. It's okay. small. I don't know if you can make it bigger or not. It's small, uh, actually, but we can sort of see it. And guys, actually, smash me, that like button. You know, share this stream. We're at exactly 420 viewers on 420. All right. So, so again, <laughs> smash that like, share this stream. Um, you know, we're, we're talking ideas right now. And and so so what stock was it that, that you made that $960 profit on? Uh, that was FSR today. And now let me share this screen here and see if it opens up better for you. All right. Is that better to see? Let's see. Hold on. Yeah, way better. Yeah, way better. Okay. That's up. Um, I was using my 49 inch ultra wide earlier. So now we're on the 27. Okay. So this was FSR, uh, 960 bucks. So if I go to monitor here, you'll see I only took the one trade, 960, right? This is my live yep. account. Uh, and so what I do in terms of risk is. When I got up this morning, I was looking at where specifically I wanted to get in. I got up a little late today. I got up at six o'clock. Um, so right around this time frame, what I started to see was that we were below midline VWAP. I use midline VWAP as an idea of whether or not to go long or go short on a stock. And as long as it's above midline VWAP, I consider, consider it bullish. The other thing that I noticed right off the bat is because I missed all of this, was that there was a consistent pattern in that once we got extended to the nine past the nine EMA, we would pull back to the nine and sometimes dip a little bit below and hold the 20. Consolidate, we got extended again off the nine, pulled back, held about yep. around the 20 EMA. And so what I was waiting for was for this break of 13 and a half. And once I got that break of 13 and a half, this is where I wanted to go long. And again, I'm waiting for the close of the candle. So this is actually right here where I went long. And then I rode, I let it ride because all of these candles, the close of the candles were above the 9 EMA. I took my profit here at around 1425, 1450 or whatever it was and covered my 960 bucks. But my initial, as soon as I enter, what I like to do is determine and, and, what- And did this stock get on your radar because it was already moving? Or, or how did it get on your radar in the first place? So uh, this gets on my radar uh, every single morning. What I do is I look at my Thinkorswim platform and I have some different scanners in here. And I, I set this up to look at the market percent and it will give me the market percent in which the stock has gapped up that day. And I'll focus on certain stocks. So once I've got my list, maybe it's about a list of 20 to 50 or whatever the case, then I'll break it down to an even more micro detail. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick um, and show you. I'm giving you guys some gold nuggets real quick. Boom. Uh, I know. We appreciate and so it. So what, what I like to do. let it fucking ride as long as it's above the nine. And we yeah. get other nuggets too. Yeah. And Sorry, so what going. I like to do is get an Excel sheet. Okay. And on my Excel, I'll put the stocks that I was watching that day. And then later on, I'll put, you know, the percent gain or whatever the case. And so this is what I was looking at. And then I break it down from price, from gap percent, float, volume, Etc. And then I have my entry targets that I look at based off of the trends and technicals leading up into the open. Okay. Um, and so for me, again, I was looking for this break of 13 and a half reason being because that would be the time and point where we would break above midline VWAP, also where we would have 9 EMA support, but then also two, 
Um, not to give out too much info, I don't know the how experienced these viewers are, but I also based my support and resistance off of quarter dollar uh, marks. So a dollar, a dollar twenty-five, a dollar fifty, a dollar seventy-five, two dollars, two twenty-five, two fifty, two seventy-five. Each quarter, you'll find out that there can be some type of resistance at that area. So for me, if I'm targeting, I could have targeted thirteen forty-seven. But 1350 was that next half dollar. So for me, that felt more comfortable. And so once I got that, then I'm taking my entry. Now, the other thing that I do to calculate my risk is I'll take this entry and I'll calculate where that previous support was at. Okay, so in this case, previous support was at around 13 bucks. I could even go lower if I wanted, but we'll just use 13. And we'll see it's about 5%. Okay, so what I do is calculate okay well i know this is a five percent drop sometimes it can be greater it could be 15 or 20 depending on where the support was at and then i calculate what i'm willing to willing to risk on that specific trade now the rule of thumb from books that i've read and from just my own cr criteria is you should never risk more than one to three percent of your total account so if i have a hundred thousand dollar account let's just say and I'm, my risk for one percent i can lose up to a thousand 2%, 2,000, 3%, 3,000. Math is very simple, right? Yep. So then what I do to determine is, okay, how risky do I want to be on this trade? Let's just say I want to be conservative and I only want to risk a thousand bucks, okay? So I'm willing to lose a thousand dollars, but my stop is 5%. So how much can I put in where if I suffer a 5% loss, I'm only losing that thousand. So I take that thousand and divide it by 0.05 and that gives me 20,000. So I can put $20,000 into this trade at 1350, where if I took a 5% loss, I'm only losing that thousand dollars. Now from there, I take that 20,000 and divide it by 13 and a half. And that tells me I can buy 1,481 shares at 1350. And then now that I've calculated what my risk is, all I did, all I do is wait now to see which way the stock, because as soon as you enter, it's a 50-50 either way. It's either gonna go in your favor or it's not. But we calculate to make sure that if it doesn't, we support, we have, you know, our where we should get where we should get out. And so well, as the stock goes, I'm letting it ride. Now, as you see here, there is some points in here where this shit drops down right when the open, it goes all the way, starts dropping down. I don't care because my stock is all the way down here. And so let me ask you this. Go ahead. So, so, so I know that, that that earlier you mentioned you're looking for the close of the candle, the five minute candle specifically. So, so, so if 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 you know we're in the middle of the candle, we we, yep. we hit your stop. Are you bombing out of the trade, or are you going to wait to to see where that candle closes? I, I wait to see where the candle closes. Okay. So I never set hard stops. That's another thing I don't yep. do. I usually set mental. But this yep. never comes close to my stop. My stop would be down here at thirteen. This doesn't drop down until 1350. So I'm still good. The other thing though, is I'm waiting. So it drops all the way down here, but then look at the close. It closes all the way back up at 1405, right? So I like to be patient. And again, as long as this, it stays above that 9 EMA, I'm willing to let the stock ride out and I wait. The other thing that I do to ensure that I make money is that as soon as the stock makes anywhere between five to 10% of my initial entry, I cover some profit. This way, if the stock goes away from me, I at least know that I've covered profit. So as soon as it hits anywhere between five to 10%, I adjust my zero to be back to my baseline. 
and then I at least cover profit on the first half. The second half, if it goes away from me, that's fine. I make profit. If it continues to ride, even better. In this case, it continued to ride. Went all the way up to a high of 14.59 that we can see here and was able to walk out with 960 bucks. This trade all in all took me what, like not even 20 minutes. 20 minutes went on and hung out with the kids, watched cartoons and ate some cereal, you know, so. Okay. All right. So, 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 so after you, uh, do, do you typically only trade like right at the open? I mean, do you still have positions open and active right now? What, what does that generally look like? No. Yeah. So typically I only trade within like the first 15 minutes of the market open. Wow. Um, You're really quick, really quick. Um, and then if it's something that is riding like a GLSI or something that's continually moving, I will let it ride out. So again, if I'm going to step away, what I'll do is I can set alerts. And the one of the cool things about Thinkorswim is I could set not only price alerts, but I can set alerts based off of my technicals. So I could come in here and go to create alerts for this stock. And <clears throat> excuse me, instead of setting a market, I could come over here to study and I can go, let's just say simple moving average. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I can edit these studies so that I can say, you know what, I want to know based off of the five minute time frame condition. And I'll edit this to be, I want to know when the price, and I want to know the close of the candle, and I want to know if it crosses at any point below, and I'll go to study and I'll type in expo. At any time, if it crosses below my nine EMA, I want you to let me know. Okay. This is if I'm in the stock and then I'll hit okay. And then now I have an alert that at any time point that I step away from my computer, that the candle closes below the nine EMA, it will ping my phone and or my desktop, wherever I'm at. And I will then take my assessment. I will say, okay, maybe I'll get out now. Maybe I'll let it ride a little bit because I'm noticing support off the 20 EMA, whatever the case. And then that's how I use that. So uh, primarily 15 minutes, but if it's something that's continually riding, again, I let it ride until it starts to break below my technicals. Perfect. Awesome, man. Wolf, you just gave us a hell of a walkthrough. Yes, I, I, I don't know if you were planning on doing that, all that, but I mean, you showed <laughs> us everything. You you peeled back the curtain. You, yeah. you showed us how you do it. And... The, the the thing that I appreciate most was the, the story at the beginning, right? Yeah. You started in 2009. You blew up an account. It took you some time. You hit 2014. You made your first million trading. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of the folks in this group, they're, they're just getting into trading, just getting into the markets for, for the first time. And, and hearing the stories like that of just the persistence and, and figuring out and figuring out your style is, is very much appreciated. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. And, and tell us, how, how can folks follow along? Uh, yeah. So if you want more tips, uh, you could go to my Instagram, Stock Market Wolf. Uh, I have a website, stockmarketwolf.com. Uh, we have a beginner program. Uh, we have an intermediate program, advanced program. Full transparency, as you just saw, as I was in my live account. Um, you can go in there. And, I do that and too. It. A lot of people yeah. are scared to show their live accounts. Yeah. Every day I say, I say, Hey, here's the account number. I got like 19 factor authorization. So I'm not that worried about it, but here, yeah. here it is. We're, we're down five grand today. 
Sorry, yeah. Guys. Yeah, and, and and I think that's one of the how we've grown is just that transparency and just the honesty. I mean, I've been in a lot of your shoes for people that are listening. Um, I went from being a single dad to being somebody that was in college trading to being a parent that's trading to being a full-time employee that's trading to being a business owner that's trading. So I've been in many different shoes, and so I've been through it. Um, I know you know the time constraints, and that's another thing to go into this is that um, I trade within the first 15 minutes. Some people yep. trade within the first half hour. You can also trade the power hour. And so you can also do swing trading. So there's many different ways in which you can make money in the market. You don't, don't just have to go, you know, with my way or anyone's way, you know, find out what works for you. And that could be, that's the other piece of advice that I would give to, I don't know how much time I have, but to people that are listening is that you don't need to join a program. You don't need to go and do X, Y, Z. All you need to do is have the motivation yourself and pick up a book. Books are the cheapest, most easiest way to learn. And they're not going to cost you $5,000 and take your money, right? You can go to Barnes & Noble right now and buy a trading book for seven bucks. And once you've done that, you know, start to build up on it. And what you put into it is what you get out. That goes for everything in life. Um, and consistency so you know i hope that that helps some people i hope it helps inspire some people um and you know you know thank you for having me on the show i really appreciate it It was really cool hope to do some more with you guys uh but yeah turn it over to you if you have any more questions cool. or if anyone no, on, the, on the chat it. has questions you, you you took us through everything i mean i was i was the questions that i was asking uh were were, were, were questions out of the chat um, I'll, I'll ask one more, but, but when you started your account, how big was it? That, that, that's a question we always get. Like, like what was the, the starting funds you used? Uh, so when I, when I started in 2009, I funded it with a thousand dollar account, which wasn't much 2014. I was able to get it to the 25 because I, from work, I make a six figure salary. Um, okay. so 25 put it in and then, but by the time I got there, I had spent all that time learning. Right. So I was able to manage that 25 accordingly. If you can't manage 10 bucks, you can't manage 25,000, right? Okay. So you have to learn how to manage your money. Mm -hmm. That'll be the one last right. piece that I add to this is for those of you that are traders, don't go and buy stupid shit. Don't go and buy Yeezys. Don't go and buy a Lamborghini. Don't go and do dumb things. Use your money to work for you. And once you've made your money for you, if you have kids and if you're planning to have kids, if generational, right? You want to start thinking about the next generation after you to leave your kids something, to leave your family something that they can use to build on, right? That's the point. Not going and buy Yeezys and trying to look cool on Instagram, right? Or whatever, right? Or Lamborghinis and rent shit. You know, use money to work hard for you instead of you working hard for money. Exactly. Rent the Lamborghini for the photo shoot. People will think yeah. you own it. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that either. That's a waste yeah. of $1,000, okay? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Wolf, awesome, right, well, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on and out. That was a blast. Right. Have a good one. All right. Pe pe peace out, man. All right, guys. How how about that? That was an awesome segment, guys. Smash a like for Wolf. We, we got the ideas. We got the Tuesday motivation. We're flying. I see Mr. Raznick is here uh, hanging out with us. Trying your your lightning bolt. Is it, is it, we didn't get a new lightning bolt yet, or what? The, lightning, the lightning bolt is still not lit. I don't know what to do. I thought I don't know what to do something either. new. Yeah. And someone was eating in this room. It smells like, yeah, anyway.
We have a guest. Luke, you have to get off. You, you have to... It was partying in that room, so okay. What do you say? Nothing. Yeah. All right. So, so you have to go to your thing, and I have a special guest today. Hey, am I Very to, guest. Am I supposed to play uh, Zinger Nation two or, or special guest one? Is there a difference between one and two? What? You 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 can pick. All right, I'm picking one. I thought it was something with copyrights, but it's not. Okay. Oh, I um, don't know. If if it is, they didn't tell me that. Okay. I no, I, I no, do the copyright violations sometimes. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. Uh, I don't like it. But we got Weeble, Anthony uh, Denier coming up. Luke did his show. Yeah, I know today in the market, guys, is a down day, but this happens. Markets don't go straight up. So we can talk about that. But we have some exciting news from Weeble, uh, one of the top. And then, Jason, the at 130. Uh, you, you, you're going to be doing, you, you got a guest coming on who's going to be giving some earnings options ideas. Okay, cool. Which is sort of cool. Flying into earnings season. All right, Luke, go do your thing. All right. All right. Luke's Peace buying out, guys. a Luke, guys, guys, Luke's buying a house today, I think, but maybe that's not public, but okay. Okay. All Sorry. right. All right, all right, here we go. All right, Anthony, that you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Jay? Uh, good afternoon, 12.30 Eastern time. Uh, yeah, tw oh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. See, I'm oh, off on my yep. time. Uh, how's life, man? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. I see you just blew up Luke's spot, letting everyone know in the world that he's buying a house. Yeah. I, mean, so I, I hope his was... P&L's looking good. Yeah, he's, I, ho I hope it is, too. The market... Today, hey Luke, what's that stock market thing on the bottom? That banner, get rid of that thing for me. I don't know what you're doing, Luke. Uh, thank you, Luke. Yeah, I hope it's looking good. So, Weeble, we're gonna get into Weeble, but let's—I like to go right at it. So, what is the news of Weeble? We've been talking about this, but what what is the update for Weeble today? Uh, so, the most requested crypto that we have, or that we have yet to add, has been Dogecoin. Um, it has been a non-stop tide of customer requests for us to allow trading of Doge. And today we finally got it up and running to everyone. We've been testing it for months. Uh, Dogecoin is a special kind of animal, and no pun intended. Um, it just brings in such a huge volume of activity because of its low, low, low price, right? Obviously, Bitcoin at whatever it's now, 55, um, 55,000. There's a limited amount of activity that's going to trade intraday because of that high price. And then you bring in a coin like Doja coin. That's now, I think last I checked, it was about 40 cents. You know, when we've been testing it, it was all the way down in the teens. Um, it's just so much volume that goes through your system. The last thing that we ever wanted to do was roll out a coin and then have it you know, gum up the system, slow down the servers, slow down the response times, have delays. Um, you know, that's kind of the death knell for us in our business. So we've been testing this, we've been fortifying the system and probably just as important as fortifying our own system is we need to make sure that all our downstream providers can also keep up with the volume, right? Just because someone's a, a market maker or an exchange runs, you know, a Dogecoin, um, a Dogecoin entry point or access point does not mean that they can keep up with the volume that a platform like ours can bring to them. Um, you know, if an exchange is opening customers on their own, they can kind of filter and slow the speed at which people can actually open an account to start trading. Um, when you open uh, a platform like Weeble to get access to your exchange, I mean, you have to be ready for the floodgates because we come with a lot of users. We come with a lot of volume. 
So we spent a lot of time making sure all that was was ready to go. And today's the day, 420, Dogecoin Day. We rolled it out to everyone. I can't hear you, Jay. Yep, you can hear me now. You go, you 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 uh, corresponded with Dogecoin Day. So how long ago did you guys start planning this? See, like I love that you got it done in time. I mean, that's execution, by the way. It's not just easy just to go put those things out there and get it done. So how long ago were you guys working on this? I, I appreciate that very much. Um, it wasn't that we planned to launch it on 420, right? That's not how we went into this. <laughs> full transparency. We've been we've been looking. We've been. Uh, working on testing uh, Dogecoin, also XLM and ZEC coin, uh, to be completely transparent, back in January. So this has been going on for quite a while. And the ramp up really started happening. We started beta testing about two weeks ago. Beta testing is when you, uh, when you give access to non-internal users, right? Actual customers. You send them a notification if they respond back in the affirmative. They agree to sign in as beta tester. Um, and we were doing that for the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, it was like, isn't it a great idea if we can roll this out by 420? Like, that would be really cool. Like, it'd be something to talk about. And then we made it happen. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so, th and so this is the day that you rolled it out. Now, how, like, easy is it to find on, on a Webull? Aaron, Aaron Bree, can you put up the screen of Webull, too, so people can see, uh, share the screen where, like, do you have some stuff on the site? Let's see what he has. Um, do you own any Dogecoin? Are you a Dogecoin owner, Anthony? Oh, am I allowed to disclose that? Yeah, I, I can. Um, so um, I'm not a big active trader just because I just don't have the time to do it uh, as much as I used to. Uh, but I was a tester and I bought a little bit, maybe like five grand worth. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so, and when, you know, you said like, you have to work with the down, the, the downstream providers. Mm -hmm. I know in like the clearing of equities, there's Apex and stuff. For crypto, how does that work? I mean, I don't know if you have to go in super details, but just in like a, a general basis, I think that would be helpful to understand. Yeah, no, be happy to. Um, so cryptocurrency, although it is non-regulated by the SEC and FINRA, like a securities account is or a brokerage account is, uh, it is regulated by the DFS in New York, which is the Department of Financial Services, uh, and also in all 50 states due to the money transfer license rule, right? It's called an MT license. So if you're a bank, you have an MT or a money transfer license where you can move money across state lines. They deem cryptocurrency as a currency. So you have to have that money transfer license to move a, a customer, you know, A in Hawaii, is uh, buying Bitcoin on an exchange from customer B based in New Jersey, right? There needs to be a money transfer license in place in both Hawaii and New Jersey for those customers to transact on that platform, right? So the licensing is, is very steep and probably in the last couple of years, it's gotten really, really hard to get, right? They've really cracked down on it. Maybe 10 years ago, they were kind of giving away to anyone like, with a garage address. But, um, but nowadays, it's, it's become quite a big feat to get that. And uh, probably most famously, even on Weeble, we still don't have the New York license. So we can trade in all, all 49 states with the exception of New York, unfortunately. And that's just a matter of, you know, cutting through the red tape and getting the bureaucrats to give us the okay. Um, how long do you think that, how far do you think that's off? It's hard to speculate. It really is. I mean, we've been going through this for two years now. Got it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so, 
uh, on this like so on this Dogecoin, does it is there like a, a number where it says you know how much like in commission or is it just like based on who you work with on your vendor side? How how do, how does that work? Uh, well, it's it's totally up to the platform how you want to display your pricing and how you want to you know put in any commissions or fees, um, and I mean we get a lot of negative feedback because of how we price our coins I'm very well aware of that um, but we do it because we want to be overly transparent now i'm not going to name competitors and i'm not going to name names but let's be clear when you are buying a cryptocurrency you are paying a fee whether someone wants to call it a commission they want to say it's zero commission there's still a fee in there all right coinbase is probably the most expensive for retail um, you know, they go almost as high as about 4% or 400 basis points in a fee. Then Gemini for the retail platform is about 250 basis points or 2.5%. Um, we are one of the lowest. We're at 1%, 100 basis points. And how we choose to show that is because we are coming from a trading platform, right? So we believe in bid and ask. So if you're going to buy a stock or in this place, if you're going to buy a crypto, you're going to pay the ask price. And that ask price already has that 100 basis points built into the price. So if you're buying, as an example, $100 worth of Bitcoin, you may look at the ask price on Weeble and say, hey, it's, it's priced higher on Weeble than it is on one of our competitors. But when you buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, you're buying $100 worth at that exact price at the ask. And you're getting $100 worth of that coin allocated into your account. Now, let's move to some of our competitors that don't openly disclose where they're charging you. You may see a much tighter spread, or you may not even see a spread. You may see one price on your screen, and you're like, wait, that's significantly lower than Weeble. Yeah, about 100 basis points lower. Um, but when you buy it at that price, instead of getting $100 worth of Bitcoin in your account, you're getting 99. So you're getting charged that 100 basis point through the back door. When we are completely transparent, what you see is what you're going to buy. If you want to buy $100 worth, you're going to pay this price and get $100 worth rather than pay a little lower price and not get $100 worth of that coin allocated to your account. That's the, the, the easiest way I can explain why we price it the way we do. And listen, in, in all honesty, I'm not married to it. Uh, we're not completely married to it. And, you know, I can go on shows like yours all the time, by the way, thank you for having me on, um, you know, and, and talk about these things and say, this is why we do it. Uh, there are reasons behind it. Um, but not everyone's going to know that. And, you know, a lot of people are left in the dark and they make the assumption because they have misinformation that Weeble is charging a higher price for a certain coin when we're not. We're just showing you the fee up front rather than taking away after the trade. Got it. OK, so um, got it. So that's so that's what you're doing after a question that's off that beaten path of that. They keep asking in the chat. And I guess if they keep asking, I'll eventually, I'll eventually um, ask mm -hmm. is when is Weeble coming to Canada? Mm. Um, okay. Don't, um, I can't, I can't put a number or a date on it, uh, but we are making every effort we can to come up North. Right. I mean, that's as, that's as clear as I can be about it. There are a lot of, let's just say there's a lot of institutions, uh, in Canada that do not want a true zero commission platform up there, right? It's a disruptor and no one wants disruption. Um, but we are making, we're making inroads and I think we will have it 
I think we will be available in Canada, you know, as soon as possible in my eyes, in all reality, I don't want to over, over promise under deliver, but it'll probably be about a year's time. Okay. Now you guys have, have got received numerous awards from the Benzinga FinTech awards to other places on the use of your app, the tools. Um, I, I've told you personally during uh, when Corona and these outdoor plays, I couldn't find any more outdoor plays and I opened the Weeble app and all of a sudden you had a list of like 16 outdoor plays. I bought eight of them and all eight went up like 30%. You know, you guys divided it up for me. So my question to you guys is as a company, is there one thing that's the most important? Is it the quality of the app? Is it that you need to get in more states? I mean, or more countries? Like, is there something, cause you know, the feedback on the, the tooling is awesome. So how do you guys like divide and conquer? Because it seems like you move very fast. Um, we do, we do. I, I think, uh, I mean, to put it into kind of ratios, it, it's really hard to do because it all depends on the timing and, and what people deem important at that time. Um, I think product is probably number one and always will be number one, right? Your, your product is, I mean, that's the face of your company. That's a salesperson that, that that's, that's the attraction, right? That's the first thing you see. That's what you're interacting with. So the product always has to be fresh and new. And one thing we do really well is we're constantly updating our, our, you know, our, 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 our UI, uh, we're constantly adding products and we're constantly looking to expand in content and how we portray that content to our users. Um, you know, any, I, I don't want to get too into controversy with some of the, um, uh, the traditional kind of e-brokers that have been around for a long, long time. Um, but when they put a new rendition of their platform out, they sit on it for decades. Uh, and, you know, in this new kind of environment, where the product is constantly evolving and the landscape is evolving, you need to have you need to have updates on a weekly basis, right? Significant changes on a monthly basis and completely new products, like from soup to nuts, completely different product on a yearly basis. And that's what we do. I mean, we've had we're coming up on our four year no, excuse me, a three year anniversary um, in uh, in May, and we will be rolling out our 7.0 version soon, which will be a completely new iteration of Weeble, completely different. Um, we've kind of tailored it now, so it still has not only all like the tools and analytics that we currently have, and then some, but we've also made it so it simplifies it. So if you're a first time investor and you open up Weeble, sometimes you get like that sticker shock of like, ooh, that's a lot of moving things and a lot of buttons. Um, we've kind of paired a lot of that away and um, we've cleaned it up quite a bit. But if you wanna have all those buttons, you have the optionality to put it back the way you're used to it. Um, it's a really cool really cool thing to be able to change your product on a yearly basis. So to me, that's number one, right? So, uh, you, so you know you got me wondering right now, you're like, hey, we have a whole new thing coming out. It scares me, but it's exciting. Why a whole new thing? Like, what is it like, there's a whole new technology platform? Does it make it a lot easier? Is it the thing that, you, you know, I know you're excited about options. What makes it a whole new thing? Okay, if, if you, let me put it like into perspective. Um, if car companies don't come out with new versions of cars every few years, right? They die and they go away. If you're not constantly improving on what you've built, I think you die and you go away, right? There's no, there's no stop. There's no, hey, look, we built a really great platform. Let's ride this out and until no one likes it in 10 years. Like that's not, 
That that's not what we do, right? We're constantly improving and making better on what we already do well, and what we don't do well, we work on getting it up to the industry standard. Um, you know, whether it's you know making a customer service a better experience for our users, um, making it easier for new investors to navigate through Weeble, and having all the advanced like points and all the advanced uh, information and data that our advanced users really love about Weeble. Okay, and guys. Anthony Denier, he's transparent as it gets. We, the day of the whole thing with uh, GameStop, he came on the show and these clips have gone viral and people saying, like, thanking him for his transparency in our interviews. I know they're on CNBC and everyone quoted our interviews. And so you guys are asking questions and I'll ask the, I'll ask the question, Nick Gubb. So you may not have a question, you may not have an answer to this, Anthony, but this guy, Nick, he's, I guess, a passionate Weeble user, but he has one issue. I don't know if it's small or big, but... Why does trailing stop loss cancel at the close every day and can't set trailing stop to good to cancel? He said, annoying to have to trailing stop every day. Do you have an answer for him? I do. That's a pretty easy one. Uh, we just rolled out trailing stops uh, maybe six or seven months ago, um, and we just haven't perfected it yet. And we're not comfortable putting it on GTC because we're afraid that we may lose your order. And that would be worse than you having to put it in every day because now we're talking about you losing money instead of losing a little uh, a couple of a uh, couple of clicks every day and when you're talking about millions upon millions of customers having those trailing stop orders if we have an incidence where they get lost or they get uh, they don't go down the market and the user believes that they currently have an order out there and it's not that's not something that that I can live with because now that's 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 hurting your guys money um, and right now, I, I think yeah, that's a great point. It's something we know about very well. It's hurting the experience, but it's not hurting your money. Um, and we'd rather we'd rather work on the first and not have a problem with the second. Got it. Makes make makes sense. Makes sense. You're be safe than sorry. Um, so that's all. That's awesome. So on this Dogecoin, is it the craziest volume ever? I mean, I like I know from our activity, Benzinga, we had articles at a two million page views, two million, one article on yeah. Dogecoin. We've never seen anything like it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even tell you the numbers, Anthony. It was insane here this weekend. So is it are you already seeing crazy volume on Dogecoin? And, and it's the, the volume is is even surprising us. And we were we were anticipating a crazy amount of volume, which is why we we're testing it for so long. Um, you know, happy to say there's been no issues, right? And the volumes have been almost 20x on our crypto platform. Uh, Monday and today, I'll, I'll find out tomorrow what the volumes are. But Monday, when we were in our third round of testing, we haven't even opened it up to the masses. We only opened it up to about 750,000 traders. We're 20x the activity on the crypto on the crypto platform than it's been probably average across the last couple of months. So yeah, the volumes are nuts. Got it. And how long did it take to test with your your different vendors to see make sure this all works and everything is seamless? Like it, uh, quite 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 a while. I mean, we we have so we have four different market makers, right? It doesn't just go it doesn't just go to one exchange. It goes to four different ones, right? And and, and crypto is different than equities. It's not like there's no payment for order flow or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it's a true market maker where someone is taking the other side, right? If you look at payment for order flow, that's not usually the case. Usually that order is going to the market maker and they're sending it to the exchange if it's marketable. And you're splitting the exchange rebate with the market maker and and the, and the broker like us. Um, when it comes to crypto, you're actually sending it to a market maker that's proprietarily taking the other side of that trade. And when you dump huge amounts of volume on these people, you know, they can get scared. 
right? And you know, the last thing you want is to have to slow down the flow or start restricting. I mean, we know we know that's a bad word right now, right? Restricting trading. So that's the last thing we want to do is having to start restricting it. So we have to do a lot of vetting with with all four of our market makers to make sure that they can handle the volume as it came in. And and so far, so good, right? I mean, so far we haven't had any problems and we're in constant communication with them to see like, hey, is everything okay? Like, you know, and we're good. We're good right now. Got it, okay. Um, all right, one more. Other countries, any plans for the UK? Um, yeah, so to be completely open, we are, we've always from day one looked at ourselves as a global company. Right. Um, it's, it's no secret that, you know, our our technology is built in China. Um, our brokerage is operated in the U.S. Right. We are 100 percent U.S. broker dealer, but we also have a sister company that is a Hong Kong based broker dealer. And we are expanding in Asia. We are in the process of expanding or looking to expand in Western Europe, the U.K. We talked about Canada before. Uh, and we also have eyes on Australia. Those are probably, you know, some of the major, the major entries that we see ourselves getting into in probably the next year and a half time. Um, it does take a little while to roll up to get the infrastructure, the right personnel, and of course the, the right regulatory approvals for all those places. But, you know, we are we've always th seen ourselves as a global platform. I think eToro does a really great, a really great job of being kind of a a global platform. Um, you know, hats off to Yoni. And, um, you know, we, we, that, that's, that's how we've always viewed ourselves. And, you know, us is, was the first foray into uh, a market data app, getting involved in trading and brokerage operations. Um, and I think next will probably be, uh, probably well, we've already started operating in Hong Kong. We'll move into mainland China, um, move into Canada, move into UK, move into Western Europe, and then maybe Australia in that timeline. Don't hold me to it because that can change, you know, with anything. Got it. Okay. And one thing our users, they like that Weeble, Weeble has Benzinga News on there or a portion of Benzinga News. So, so, they, so the, the users like that. And David Diaz says, after this interview, I like the Weeble. I like Weeble even more. I'm, um, sure, I'm sure you're only showing the nice ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay. So now um, anything I've missed that I, that I should ask you, Anthony? Uh, that's kind of a loaded question, huh? Um, yeah, it, it is. It is. I mean, like, I I, I want to ask, like, what's the next? Because you guys, actually, I wish our, oh, God, I should have had our video editors do this. Darn it. So Anthony was on um, the Raz report about three months ago. What was Bitcoin at then, Anthony? Oh, uh, remember? 20, remember? Yeah, 2022. But remember the prediction you made and it like came totally 50, true 55 at the end of the year i think i said yeah yeah like you but it was like you're you're it was like you were yeah so it's 22 to 55 and you said it on the show you didn't have crypto trading on weeble yet but it was happening within a few weeks yeah and you gave a prediction in the raz report next time video editors we got to like pull up previous little clips and play that because it's good to make the guests not just look smart they had a smart comment you know like everyone you, you, likes that. You, everyone only shows the misses though you never you never get the wins that get put up it's totally if you're on another network right now they would show the mistakes you know yep. we got this is going to be a new thing in our protocol any guests that we've had on repetitive we have to have two clips from previous things and then i have to tell them find the good ones and the bad listen it's it's okay like i 
I show my account, there's a couple trades I made in the last couple weeks that went negative on me. And I, and I sold some of the shares and I show my account. Um, I show the account and uh, it, it's, you get, you're not, if, you, if you're 100%, then you're not taking enough risk in my book. No, you know? it's a, well, it's, it's risk reward in this game. And it, you, 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 you did ask me if there's anything that you should ask. Um, I know we are pressed on time because you yep. gave me a, a 20 minute window. Yep. But um, fractional trading, when we talk about, you know, we talk about why we brought Dogecoin onto the platform before any of the other much, you know, probably bigger coins uh, is because customers demanded it. Right. That was the number one requested thing. And number two, as a very close second, is fractional equity trading. So we have been working on that for a couple of months as well. And I expect that we will roll out again, not trying to overpromise and underdeliver, but we expect to start rolling that out uh, in the early summer. Hmm. Interesting. So fraction, I mean, that's hugely popular because then people can get into those Teslas yep. and those different stocks. Anthony, we have a clean tech conference on Thursday, tons of public company CEOs. One day, I think we should do some of these things on Webull where you get exclusive like interviews with you know CEOs, whatever, and it's not Webull doing it, it's us doing it because it's a good thing to give investors access to stuff that they don't necessarily get elsewhere. And uh, that's what we try to do. So I think like there, I just said that because I see a link for it in the, the chat now, but it's uh, trying to, Webull, guys, like it or not, Webull has enabled, um, not just a new investor audience to come into the market, but a new investor audience to get smart about, about the market. And I know there's more things that they can do. Like if you're new, say maybe you want to do a stop loss. These are ideas. So one person's idea was, you know, if you're a new trader, maybe Webull has an option when they put a link in, uh, when they put a, like a, a trade and say, if you're new, you may want to put a stop loss when you, when you set the thing, you know? Um, th so that, we have know. we we could we could do that right now. By the way, so oh, so we can? call we call we call it advanced orders. So when you put in an order, you can put in. Well, I guess the industry would call them bracket orders. Um, but there's another tab, a radio button. You can put advanced advanced orders, and it'll drop down even further where you can put a a limit order right to take profits, and then a stop loss to get out of the stock if it goes the wrong way to bracket your original entry point. There you go. So there's things to do. Oh, last question: short interest. How accurate is the short interest data on Webull? Do you get it every two weeks from the exchanges like everyone else? Yeah, so, I mean, short, short interest, obviously, a lot of people care about now uh, totally. following, following GameStop. And, I mean, I, let, let's be honest here. Uh, so there are equity lending houses, very big equity lending houses, whether they be the Merrill Lynch's of the world or now the Bank of America, Merrill Lynch's of the world. Um, Equilend is another big shop uh, where these, these firms are lending out millions of shares to institutional shorts. And their data is the most precise, the most realist data that you can get. And it's basically in real time. And retail investors don't get that. Um, hedge funds use it to make trades. Hedge funds subscribe to it. It's extremely expensive. Um, this is one of the things we're working on right now. The short interest data you're seeing on, on Webull is basically the short interest data that's going out to the, the Reuters of the world, uh, all the media outlets. It's updated. I believe it's updated weekly. Um, you know, don't quote me on the weekly number, but it, it's, it's definitely not in real time. Um, you know, we've had conversations to maybe add it as a feature where if you want to subscribe to it, you know, you can get that in real time. But I, I think the want, it may be not as big as, as people think it is right now. But 
the information is available. It is out there. Our information is not real time, but it's it's pretty close. I mean, in terms of you know, a general long term investor would want to know if you're if you're day trading on that information. Probably not the best source to get it is is through Weeble, and I'm probably not supposed to say that publicly, but that's just the truth of it. Um, that's that's really expensive data, right? And it's not it's not because regulators don't require that it, that it be available. Uh, this is all bespoke stuff. Yep, I know. We've been trying. We've been looking at the different options for it. There's a couple that track it, S3, and a few others, yeah. and how they show and they sell to institutional. And Anthony knows this, guys, because he was from the institutional side. So you have a guy that's from the institutional side knows what they get, and he's trying to bring it to you, retailize it, you know, and that's the giving you the same capabilities. So to to summarize, guys, this interview today, Weevil has Dogecoin. That's the first thing. Second thing is. Fractional shares is is coming about. Third thing is, sounds like some huge upgrades to the app with uh, lots of changes. I know someone just wrote in the chat, and I have it still up there. I'll remove it. But he said, really like the new website interface of Weeble. So he said there's a new web. I'm not sure if it's how new. That's the third thing. Fourth thing, they have some customer client support people that I love. They're very nice and friendly. It's, it's, it, it, so I think that, you know, they scaled up. Um, and um, what was the other thing? Oh, other countries may be coming about, um, but now if you're in the U.S., you can open a Webull account. Uh, Aaron put the link in above in the chat, and it has a lot of the different tools. I get some of my ideas from using the Webull account, and we'll bring Anthony on from time to time to answer questions. You know, we'll, this was today about Dogecoin and the ability to trade it, but in the future, we'll do a thing like at 3 o'clock, maybe in a few weeks, where we just opened the Weeble platform and have Anthony and you guys, you guys send in like a hundred questions prior and we'll pick the top rate ranked ones. So we'll bring like, we'll do the top 20 questions with Anthony that you guys can see and he'll take you through it in the app or he'll bring on one of his product people to, to do that. So we can do that because we know we have a lot of Weeble users. Anthony knows that. Um, and I know it says 586 here, but we're in so many different other platforms now, Hulu and all these different things. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll get the feedback, but guys, I know the word, I know they like you, Anthony. And, um, oh, the one question I did not ask, mm -hmm. I, one question I did not ask was this, can you transfer crypto from another brokerage to Weeble? I don't think you can yet, but could that be a possibility ever? No. Um probably a great place to talk about it. I, I talked about the difference on why Weeble has a spread in their cryptos. Um, kind of the same sort of, you know, customer gripe. Um, I hear, you know, if we can't transfer our crypto in and out, then do we actually own the crypto? Um, you know, I hear that all the time. And, you know, I, I can appreciate the sentiment. But I think, you know, that's more philosophical at the end of the day, because what we do at Weeble is we are a brokerage platform. Brokerage platform, we can't touch crypto assets. Um, so we have a sister company, sister company, Weeble Crypto, where you're actually withdrawing the, uh, the cash from your brokerage account in real time to your crypto account to make that purchase. Due to anti-money laundering and all the fun stuff that brokers have to deal with on a daily basis with the Department of Treasury and the SEC is they will not allow us to take in or send out any cryptocurrency, full stop. So... Um, we are not able to take crypto in. We are not able to take crypto out because of those AML concerns. Um, hmm. But by adding crypto, we give our brokerage and securities customers the ability to diversify their portfolio into having exposure to cryptocurrencies as an asset, right? Or being able to trade it if they're, you know, uh, scalp traders 
or um, you know, or day traders. Um, it's a uh, it's something that we very much would like to do, but this comes with some licenses that we don't, we do not yet have. Uh, will will we be able to take in crypto and move crypto out if you wanted to use it to buy a Tesla or something like that? Yes, we will have it. We currently do not have it at the moment, and it's, again, to put a number on it is very hard because there's a lot of regulators and bureaucrats we have to get through to get it done. But that's something we very much would like to do. We feel it. We see it. We understand customers want to be able to transfer in and out. Currently, we cannot. Wow. So, all right. So a lot of things you guys are working on. Have they, have they cloned you yet? It's nonstop. I have a couple. Uh, was it Michael Keaton's running around? Wasn't that this movie? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Anthony, thank you for coming on today on the Benzinga Power Hour on Tuesday. Congrats on launching Dogecoin. Congrats on all the updates. Glad you have Benzinga News. You guys, with Benzinga News, you're, you're going to fly high and keep flying higher. So keep it up. And uh, that's, again, Weeble CEO, Anthony Denier. Um, and thank you again for coming on, my man. All right, Jason. Yep. All right, guys. So that, that, was, a, that was a good one. Um, company is executing on a lot of different fronts at the same time and getting it done. And that, that's, what's, that's what's powerful. And listen, I asked your questions. I had my six to ten questions written down. I write them down, I do some research, but then I want to ask the audience's questions. This is Zinger Nation. And I could have asked Anthony about his history and his, you know, his background. To be honest, uh, Aaron Bree, if you're here, will you put a link from the Raz Report YouTube interview with him? Because if you want to learn about how Anthony got to where he got, here's your opportunity to, to go into his background. I have about a half an hour interview with him from like six months ago where he predicted the crypto moves. And I asked all your questions. And listen, I know some questions you guys are tougher on, but I, I have a philosophical belief on this stuff where I seek to understand. So my friend Patrick gave me this acronym, Stu is your friend. Seek to understand. Before assuming something, seek to understand. Aaron, thank you for pu uh, putting that out there. Um, and yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate all the compliments. If you like this interview, please subscribe to our channel, like or share on your social media that Benzinga is the new wave of information, uh, the media outlet for the next gen investor. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to ask your questions. Zinger Nation is not us talking to you. You guys are all part of us. And I'm very excited. We have an awesome new guest coming on in a second. So just give me a, a second for the next guest. Yeah, Nick Gubb. Thank you, man. We we asked your questions. I appreciate you part of it, but you know you're you're part you're part of Zinger Nation, and that's just part of the story. Um, and Nick Gubb, you got it. Better to go in daily versus doing it that way. Because if the stock went the other way, I, I hear your, I hear your point. But we have a just one second before we bring on the next guest. I gotta get with Aaron Bree because he doesn't know where I'm at because I'm in the studio. I don't know if Aaron, is Aaron still in Detroit? I just don't know. Um, okay, uh, oh, there we go. Who, okay, next guess. And then we're gonna do the next guess. It's earnings plays, it's ideas, it's the whole, it's the whole thing. So, um, all right, here we go. All right, all right. Now we're gonna go to here, to our next stay tuned. Um, and here we go. Do, 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 oh, one quick thing. This Thursday is our clean tech conference. Uh, hope you guys are all going to be there. It should be awesome. Just take a quick look at it for uh, five seconds. Here you go.
great. So that's the health tech. If you haven't registered, go register right away. And now for our next guest. All right. Options learn. Uh, L-A-G-A-T-O-R. How do I pronounce that? Legator? Yes. C.C. Lagator. C.C. Lagator. So C.C. Lagator. I like it. It's like C.C. Lagator is it's Montenegrin. Is it? Okay. I would never guess. I would never guess that. It's a cool name. Do you own that domain, Lagator? Oh, no, I should. But it's very easy to register for any email or anything with that name. I'm the only person on the planet. With but then, but then you have a lot of misspellings, don't you? Right, right. I have the same thing with my last name. See, Raznik. Okay, there's no reason we need a C in my last name. We could just do, you know, the K. But I like the C. I'm used to it now. But what I get most often is that not that you care, and I'm talking about myself, and I should be talking about you. So this be the last second about myself. They spell my last name with like a they, the universal they. They spell my last name with an S, not a Z. And I, it bothers me a lot. Oh, right. So we all, we all, we all have our issues. You well, know? now I'm worried that the audience is going to be out domain squatting for my name. That's, that's true. Make a lot and, of money. And one, one of our users just said, hey, Jay, look, look at the name. It's the Gator. You're the Gator, man. I know. You're, you're the freaking Gator. I get that. So, so tell me about yourself, yourself, the trading ideas. First, tell me about you. I, don't, I know you have this business. We'll get to that in a minute or two. Yeah. Just give me the 411 cliff notes on you and why you're here today, because I think it's a good story. Yeah. So I'm a former options market maker. And where, where were you at? So I was in New York uh, with Group One Trading. Okay. What, and year, what years we, were that? So those were the late 90s into the 2000s. So, so when you so when you were at Group One, I know some guys that worked there. I went to the Michigan under the Ross School of Business at Michigan, and I was right. going to work at Spears Leeds. I had a oh, yeah. job offer, and I didn't do it. I probably regret to this day, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were based in San Francisco, but we were you know yep. we had a presence in San Francisco, Chicago, Philly, New York, and you know that was back in the day. You know, on the floor. Um, you know, towards the end of when I was there, it was starting to move you know, to what we see nowadays, but you know, now it's sort of crazy. I mean, there's probably 30 some options exchanges. Okay. So, th- so how long did you do it for? So that was my first uh, job out of college. And it was, you know, you start on the floor, you start as a clerk, right? Getting things thrown at you for about a year and a half. And then the first step is they throw you into a crowd. And mine was the Compaq crowd uh, back with Compaq computers on the, the Pacific Exchange. And, and, you know, totally open outcry. And it's sort of funny, you know, for your audience has probably had that feeling when they do their first trade online. Well, imagine doing that in front of, you know, 200 people where you scream and you're like, I'll do that trade. And that sort of experience is really interesting. They just throw you in and, um, you know, the basically, you know, you're training every day, you're, you're acting as a clerk to establish traders in your firm and you're learning, learning, learning. And then, you know, about a year to a year and a half later, they throw you in. And then eventually I worked my way up to being a specialist, which is the person controlling the crowd. And, um, you know, in that my, you know, I was trading Yahoo, I was trading Qualcomm. Um, and and at, at those times when you're a specialist, you're, you're basically making markets on 200 stocks. And um, 
So it is just, you know, it's just a sort of a whirlwind of numbers. So were you in, I know, were you specific exchange? So you were in San Francisco at this time? Well, that was my first, and that's where our company was based, but then I was in New York. Um, okay, so. Yeah, on the Amex. Me, so tell me if I'm wrong here. Mm -hmm. Your hours that you worked, tell me what time you got there, what time you left. Well, when you're a clerk, you get there really early. So, and especially in San Francisco, I mean, it was the middle of the night and you never really get used to that, right? And, you know, I was there for a long time and I was like, I don't think I can ever get used to it. And you'd be out with friends on a Friday night and you're like, it's eight o'clock and you're, you're exhausted. But, right? but I want to go to your New York thing. Yeah. Your hours were then, I think when you were a specialist. So then once you're a trade, once you're a trader, the hours are really good. And you're basically, you know, you're there, let's say a half an hour before the markets open, maybe an hour. And then after the close, there's really nothing to do. I mean, once the market shuts down, I mean, you, you could be scalping stock afterwards against your option, options positions, but you know, you're only going to do that for a half an hour. And then we would go into training. And, you know, I was one of the heads of the training program there teaching the, you know, the first years. So, but yeah, the hours are great. Now the stress overnight is not great, right? So the, you know, if you have, I mean, I don't want to like bore the audience with like technical terms, but you know, if you're short a lot of gamma and news comes out in a stock the, that night before, you know, you're, you're up all night wondering where that stock's going to open in the morning. And then you're doing the math in your head and, and thinking, calculating the, you know, the losses. Right, right, and um, and what I and what I what I was getting at with a little bit of this was when I didn't take the job, my volume is low. Okay, tell me, if, is my volume low? Can you hear me? Okay, guys, I can hear you. I don't know, but I want to make sure it's great because we have this equipment that's crazy. So if it's not great, you got to tell me. But what I was getting at with the hours when I didn't take the job at Spears Leeds, my brother's friend said I was insane because being a trader at Spears Leeds back then. It was um, like a, a being like the rock star. So you'd get into the uh, get into the exchange around seven thirty in the morning, and you'd yep. be done at four. So oh, yeah. all these guys who were these market makers for Spears Leeds and a few others, they get at seven thirty eight, and they're done at four, and they would just have the whole night. They weren't like investment bankers that would have to go put up the books and do all those yeah. things. And it was the rock star thing. And I didn't do it because I had a startup then, but I haven't talked to someone that was. So is that, is well, that accurate is what I, I was know, trying to totally get at? It's totally accurate. And it, I have a couple of funny stories about that is, Please you know, me. when I was right out of college in New York, you know, I was living with three roommates and, you know, two of them, I think were in investment banking. I wouldn't see them the entire week. Right. So they were up and gone, you know, down to wall street in the morning. I would never see them. I would see them like, maybe late, 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 like midnight on Friday, they were getting out of the office, right? Okay. And then the flip side of that was when you were a clerk, um, you know, I, I worked for this one specialist who remains a good friend of the day. And he was hilarious. He would show up at 932, you know, right as markets are opening and you have no idea what you're doing and you're trying to get all these orders in the book, you know, done and the market's already open and he's strolling in and he's like, oh, the subway was slow. Hmm. So yeah, there, it's just a completely different, you know, trading versus investment banking. And then even, you know, it's yeah, when the market's open is your work day, basically. Okay. 
And, and so one last question on this. So the, those guys who you lived with are investment bankers that were, you didn't see them all week. What are they doing these days? Are they investment bankers still? Are oh, they no. running a bank? That burns so, you out, right? What'd you say? So they burns you out. Okay. Generally those, the, the track there would have been, if you stayed in investment banking, I mean, that stays pretty stressful and pretty time consuming for, I mean, you could do that for decades, right? Right. Those kinds of guys end up in, I would say like private equity, um, you know, maybe even some venture, uh, things like that. So they've they've found other ways to basically not be working for a giant bank and working, you know, 150 okay. hours a week. So. All right. All right. And then yeah. that's right. Okay. So now you guys are like, you okay. had a good path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is I hear regret. It's it's more when I was in uh, I was at the Ross and I was a stock market nut. Okay, mm -hmm. I was like I had I can tell you stories and stories and the guys who were interviewing with these firms that were coming in. I didn't even do interviews. I was too like cocky back then. I had this startup that was doing well and I was going to sell to Borders, but I was just too one of those twenty one year olds like you know. And so some of the guys that I helped for their interviews. Like I helped them, I taught them like what the markets are. They go into doing these like trading things and then they're like at hedge funds making, you know, whatever. And I was like, ah, I could have done that or whatever. You know, yeah. listen, yeah. the grass is always greener. I always say something, to, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is it? Who knows? Yes, yes, everything works out. I'm just saying like, when I didn't do that and I think about it, you know, and you're one of the right. few guys that I, that I know who did that. And there was a guy that, um, that at your with the place you worked at who moved back here and he opened up uh david kwiatkowski he opened up all these restaurants in detroit but he, oh, was, right. he was in chicago though so i don't know were you guys in well, chicago the too? thing about options traders is you would work with i mean some of these guys were professional poker players they were you know backgammon players you know it's just you know that mindset and those mathematical minds yeah i mean you'd work with guys that had been up all night playing in some underground poker game Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, losing their money or making their money. I get, yeah. It so, just couldn't stop. Yep. Totally. <laughs> for right. The hours weren't enough. Yeah. So exactly. The game, the game, exactly. They just wanted more, they want to put more risk on. All mm -hmm. right. So now to you, you have yep. earning option trading ideas. Is that correct? Like what? Yeah, you, like, so, you know, I wanted, um, the, you know, this is, I'm from options AI, which is a stock and options trading platform. Yep. And, one, you're right, and you have the site up there. And, you know, the thing that makes uh, Options AI unique is it is, you know, it's stock options and um, more advanced options, multi-leg options, all from the same trade flow, right? And so it's something we call objective-based trading. And, you know, at a traditional brokerage, what you would, or on a traditional brokerage platform, you know, what you would need to be doing is you would need to be going into any trade with, an idea of what you were going to, going to trade, the strategy itself, right? So, you know, I want to buy <clears throat> calls in Netflix, or I want to sell a credit spread in Netflix, or I just want to buy the stock in Netflix. And what Options AI is able to do with that objective-based trading is, you know, essentially in a few clicks, it's, you know, I'm bullish in Netflix, or I have a specific price target in Netflix. And <clears throat> with that, you could see trade side by side, which are, you know, for easy comparison. And you can basically, it's more ways to trade very quickly. And, you know, over time, what that would mean is that you have access to some of the more high probability strategies in options that you probably would have a hard time, you know, seeking other places. And, and if you did know how to and, and were confident in it, it would be time consuming, basically. So, so 
that's that's sort of options AI in a nutshell. And then you know to the topic of earnings and and trading earnings and things like that. One of the you know one of the key things in the options AI universe is everything. Every chart you see, and you can see some examples here. Every chart you see, it has an expected move. Um, as so, you see both the path past and the future on the chart. And that expected move, even if you have no, even if you're just a, a stock trader or a stock investor, or investor, what that's doing is that's giving you the context from the options market so that you can use that actionably. And you know, going into, for instance, an earnings, um, you know, how the options market, how all of those trades in the entire universe of options trades are pricing this earnings um, or even pricing the next month in Tesla stock. And from that, you basically have that context to make those decisions as, you know, as you know, rather than scrolling through an options chain and saying, you know, I think Netflix could go to, you know, 600. I want to buy a 600 call. What, what this can do is say, well, you know, six going Netflix going above 600 in the next week or even in the next three weeks is, you know, it's improbable based on the way the options are pricing it. And it, you can sort of set your expectations that way and then have the correct uh, strategies on. Got it. Okay. So, oh, I don't hear the echo for a second. So with, with your software, I see it's $5, $5, right? Like, mm -hmm. So are you guys, um, you're giving ideas and you're giving better like statistics when it comes to trade. I'm reading an article that Benzinga wrote about you guys. Mm -hmm. um, are you a brokerage then? Yes. And it's $5 any trade, any size. So, you know, if you are, and the idea behind that is that someone, the, the commissions and there's no per contract fees, right? As opposed to at some of the legacy brokerages, which can add up if you're doing multi-leg options trades, or if you're doing, you know, for instance, an iron condor, you know, 20 times, that can get quite expensive. And the idea there is to flatten every trade. Basically, you should not be choosing between a call and a iron condor or stock because one is cheaper in commissions, because the right trade ultimately is worth you know, what this, having a smarter trade, you know, we're talking dollars and cents versus something very significant, which is, you know, like when you have a trade that is $300 or $400 at risk, you know, you shouldn't be deciding how you're going to do that trade based on saving $5 or saving $10. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how long did it take you to start this platform? I mean, it seems pretty intense. Yeah, so this was an idea that, you know, my co-founders and I, we had been kicking around the last few years. And basically it was, you know, when I come from obviously the market making side, as we said, and one of my other co-founders comes from the institutional brokerage side in options. And, you know, one of the things on the institutional brokerage side is, you know, nobody's out there buying single calls, you know, buying call or put, you know, they're doing, they're doing at least, at the very least, a call spread or a put spread, and then they're mixing in things like credit spreads, right? And that sounds, um, you know, like it's advanced, but it's not very advanced, right? If it's presented in the correct way. And so what Options AI does is it takes some, all of those strategies, you know, those common strategies from 
stock call all the way to you know something like an iron condor and it does it in an entirely defined risk environment right it's so it's taking away the ability to you know have no idea what what risk i have on in this trade right and what that does is that allows that sort of objective based you know trading which is you know i i think this stock can go higher the options market is telling me that it's it, it would be you know, on average, the bullish consensus is this level. If that did happen, you know, what are my four trade ideas here? You know, and th th it's it's all based on the user's input. So they're not trade recommendations in any way. It's basically giving you quickly more ways to trade your idea. Got it. Okay. So you're basically giving trade strategies or options for people that want to put on a specific type of trade. Yeah, so it, it would be as simple as bullish, bearish, or neutral, or it could be a specific price target. And then what the you know what the platform does is it then uses those inputs basically for strike selection, right? So you're not like going through the chain saying you know I want to buy a 500 call and I want to sell you know this call. You're do it's doing it, and then you're seeing that and able to compare. Now you can do anything you want with that trade. You can edit the strikes. You can make it your own, but it's all presented visually as a chart based platform. It is not scrolling through, you know, sort of a wall of numbers. And, and what okay. we find with that is, you know, like when you're scrolling through an options chain, you know, a lot of retail basically is scrolling to find the thing they can afford. Right. And so, you know, if they're looking at a Tesla options chain, they're scrolling, they're bullish in Tesla and they're just scrolling higher until they see a call that looks affordable. Now that could work. But over time, that is not, you know, that is not how a hedge fund would trade. That is not how so, know, in my old job would trade. And what it would be is like you may be able to find the same cost for that trade through a more at the money call spread. Right. And then you're saying, well, you know, I don't need I don't need a miracle for this call to go in the money. I can just make money in between these two points in this stock. So is there a way that you can share your screen and do a yeah, live demo me, of it? Sure. Because I, I would like to see that. So in my scenario is this. Um, mm -hmm. I have a lot of Tesla. I bought it when it was like $10. And and I when they had battery day, I was out there saying it's going to be bad. The stock's going to sell off in a big way. And it turned out I was right on that. Not always right, but in this one I was. Yes. And so I bought some puts on it prior to it, but I didn't do it the right way. How could you, could your software have helped me do yeah. it a better way? Because so I. So, probably what happened is, and Battery Day was known ahead of time, right? But it wasn't a. Yes, yes, yes. An announcement that came out of the blue. So, what, what likely happened, I mean, not knowing the specifics, is you probably bought a put that was out of the money. Can you see my screen? Not yet, because you have to hit. I'll do, um, I'll do it for you. Oh, you, did oh, you it? got okay. it. Okay. Someone did it, not me. So what, what likely happened, and this happens in earnings all of the time, is you know if a known event is coming up, the options premium gets pumped up, options price uncertainty, right? And so going into an event, not knowing exactly what Tesla was going to announce, then you know, the uncertainty is you know, how is the stock going to react coming out of that, right? Once that event is passed, that uncertainty no longer exists and options compress, right? And that happens. It's a. It's something that you know. People that are new to options trading, it happens to them all the time. They're like, "I was right on direction, and I lost money. How is that possible?" So we can sort of take that as an example, 
do you want to use Tesla or do you want to do something like Netflix? Whatever you want. Okay. Uh, like whatever you want. Cause yeah. well, let's do Tesla. So what this will do is, you know, so we see a chart of Tesla, right? So we see the historical chart and what we see out here is the expected move from the options market, right? Nope. So no, 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 I don't see that. I see you're at 795. Okay. And you're saying the expected move. Where do I see the expected move? Okay. So, so see where I'm dragging out in yep. the future. Yep. Okay. So what that's doing is that's telling me, and you can see these numbers up top tick, right? So yes. basically Tesla for the next week until Friday, the options are pricing roughly a four and a half percent move. And that corresponds to about 750 as a bullish consensus and about 685 as a bearish consensus, right? Okay. Okay. But then they have earnings, right? And you can see it's a much bigger move for that week after earnings, right? So Tesla options are pricing in a 9% move that includes earnings, right? Got it. Okay. And so what we can do here is we can say, how would I know then they had earnings? How would I know that? I don't see that. Uh, to see that line where it says it's, it might be very faint on the screen share, but it's got earnings down here. Oh, okay. Earn. Yep. I see. Yep. Okay. So, you know, what we can do is, you know, for instance, you were, let's say you were bearish as if it was, you know, you know, your previous position, we can take trade Tesla. I'm bullish. I'm neutral. I'm bearish hit the I'm bearish button, get the exact expiration that we want, um, generate trades. And now we have several trades, right? So we have a put, a put spread, a credit call spread, which is actually being bearish by selling to the bulls essentially. And then a out of the money credit spread. And if we, you know, if we were to take this debit put spread, for instance, we can click that and we can see it on the chart, right? And what this is doing is buying one put and selling a put at the expected move. And you can see what your gains and losses would be at expiration in this trade. I don't know if you can see the small print on the right. And, you know, so what this is doing is instead of just, you know, having bought like an out of the money put that might be you know, might be at risk of some of the things we talked about. This is buying and selling a put simultaneously and setting up a spread where if Tesla went to, um, you know, down to 620, you know, this trade would make $6,000, $6,200, right? Yeah, okay. And, you know, and then what you've done here is you've basically set up a put spread and we could compare that if we come back here. This is a really high dollar stock, obviously, right? So, you know, a credit call spread is the exact opposite, which is this is I make money on this trade anywhere in this zone and then max gain if the stock is anywhere below that, right? And what we can do on these charts, and I'll take you really quick, is that same chart for this options trade can play out in, in a trade management way, right? So I'll just click one of the trades on this, um, account is this is a an iron condor right so this is a neutral strategy where the trader would be looking for the stock to finish somewhere between those two bands right and you can see it play out the trade was entered back here it expires this friday 
And what, you, what you're rooting for as a trader is for this stock to finish in this zone between these two bands, and then it's max gain. And you can see on the chart over on the right, you know, if I scroll down, it's a max loss, you know, if it, if it violates this zone. And so that's a neutral trade. And again, that, that kind of trade, I'm neutral in the SPY over the next two weeks, you know, that can be done in a few clicks and it's done based on the expected move. And then you can sort of see the new expected move in real time from where the stock is trading. And then below updated metrics of, you know, probability of profit currently with the stock year, and then the probability of max gain and the probability of max loss. And so you can manage these options positions, which I think is something that a lot of traders struggle with is, you know, when to exit a trade and, and you know, what this is intended to do is basically is basically tell you, you know, your updated metrics and versus the chart, you know, and you can see the expected move right now. You know, this trade is looking very good. I mean, the options market is not pricing it as of now of violating this range. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got. It. I mean, so there's a lot. How long did it take you to build all this shit out? <laughs> it was a while. So what we did is, you know, we sat down and we we you know we we set to with this objective, which was somewhat vague, which was, you know, how do we simplify options? It's, it's um, you know, how that's traditionally been done is through a lot of pain, right? Like as a trader is, you know, you set up an account, you get into options, you, you know, you buy a call, you buy a put, you figure out why you, you know, why you made money or why you didn't make money. And, you know, coming from that perspective of the institutional side is, you know, that's not how, that's not how Wall Street trades options, right? Got yeah and so you're instead of I, I get your point you're yeah. you're you're building in wall street type functions into how wall street uh would do it and that's what you're yeah. putting in for the consumer is it too late we only have a couple minutes left is it too late to do the um to do netflix since it has earnings today yeah and so one thing i want to show you am i still screen sharing yeah 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 okay one thing i just wanted to point out is who, who, who's that earnings calendar from yes yeah, so, so it's free tools right so I know, but where'd you, get, where'd you get the earnings calendar from? Oh, this is Options AI. Yeah, I know. But do you license it from someone or no? Oh, like where's the data from? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we we have like eight data vendors. I heard your conversation earlier with the uh, the guy from Webull. I mean, the, the world of data is insane, as you know. And so what we're doing here is we're pulling in an, an earnings calendar, and I forget what our who our data provider is on that. And then we're it should be it should be Benzinga is what I was getting oh, at. Oh, there we go. There okay. we go. Then I'll make you a regular guest, baby. Come on. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And so, can I ask you a question on this? Yeah, sure. So on earnings, I find this to be one of the most insane data problems in the market. Is that it seems like it's this. Um, you know, the companies put out, it seems like the, the data providers are estimating dates and then they convert to confirm dates, but it doesn't seem clear that there's a system set up for that. We have a, we have a system for it. We have a system for estimated and confirmed dates. Yeah. So, so basically this is a, you know, this is a public tool tools.options.ai. Yep. You're breaking up. Is he breaking up? Is it just me? Is it me? That's me. Oh, can is you it, hear me? Um, is he breaking up? Um, yeah, Aaron, I do. Um, yeah, I can hear you now. So it's a okay. public tool, but uh, so you're going to click on Netflix now. So there's yeah, a 5.5% so you know, expected move. 
this is displaying the expected move and then it's you know down below is the prior earnings right is so, there a benzinga promo code if they open an account with you yeah you, we can do uh benzinga no. crew How is there but, but is there already one or you don't know no but we can set that up like as i speak yeah so you ben could yeah people could sign up in that using that benzinga crew do you, so don't you have to put it in your back set your back system oh your, we'll see it we'll, we'll we'll get it done okay yeah okay um by the way, are you a developer? No, I'm a subject matter. So how'd you build all of it? Oh, we have, yeah, we have engineers. And, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of learning. I mean, there are, when you're setting up something like this, you are going through a process where you, you know, we, we face problems, right? We have, um, you know, we obviously have all the data. We have the clearing firms. We have the order management system, you know, all of those things. And you realize you're, when you're experiencing things and you're having to solve problems, <clears throat> we say it all the time. We're like, the, the guys at Tastyworks probably figured this out six years ago. And if we could only just pick up the phone with them, right? And, you know, so yeah, that's, that's quite a, uh, it's quite a haul. But, yep. but anyway, so Netflix is a five, you know, five and a half percent expected move, you know, and if we pull up Netflix and what ends up happening with, with this is, you know, this is a very expensive stock. It's very expensive to own, right? Um, but as you can see, you know, this is the move uh, being priced by the options market for this week. And if we were to trade, you know, like let's let's just take bullish as an example and let's isolate this Friday. Um, you know, we can quickly compare, you know, the cost of a call, which is $1,800 versus the cost of a call spread, which is, you know, not even $1,100. And you know, see these on the chart, and then you know, quickly go to a ticket, right? And this is, you know, this is a level of options experience in particular, but we think it's a level of trading experience that, if you think about even all the new entrants into you know trading in the last few years, nobody's really invented the experience itself. It's still you know, it's still walls of numbers. It's you know, still things like that, and particularly in options. And we thought it was ripe to you know, be to just be disrupted. Yep, got it. So, so would you so so you're right. So would you on are you trading on an active uh, basis too? Then uh, no, not with this. Yeah, so I'm sort of like your former guest. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you're not actually, but this is like tools that you wish you had back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, to, to be clear, you know, like even these examples, you know, in Netflix and things like that and call spreads, I mean, these, these are, it is ultimately up to the trader, you know, like what, obviously if you do a call spread in Netflix and, and the stock goes down, having a smarter trade on, you know, isn't going to do you any good. So, but for instance, you know, in Netflix, this is, we'll do one, you know, one thing really quick. And, and this is the type of thing where, you know, you could quickly advance when it comes to options trading, which is, um, you know, has, you know, like if you have access to this product, you know, it's I'm neutral for earnings, right? I just want to sell to both the bulls and the bears. And, you know, next thing you know, you're staring at, you know, an iron butterfly and an iron condor. The strikes have been selected based on the expected move and you know you could have this trade on you can see it's risking 267 to make 233 if netflix finishes anywhere between 520 and 587 you make money on friday 
Got it. Okay. Yep. Got it. And then you make money, and you collect, and then do you sell? Do you close it off, or like do you already have it when you put it in? Do you? Do you yeah. Well, have if it, it expires, and this is something I think um, you know a lot of people when they see multi-leg options and spreads and all, they get a little. You know, there's obviously assignment risk. There's early assignment risk and things because you are short strikes as be, as well as being long strikes. But for instance, this trade, you know, if Netflix was 550 on Friday, this would just expire worthless. You're short a call spread and you're short a put spread and it expires worthless and you don't really need to do anything. Now, if Netflix was, you know, up here at 587, you would need to take action and you would need to close it out before it expired. So the only times you were ever assigned or exercised is when it's in the money. As long as it's out of the money, by far enough, then you know you can let it expire worthless. Which in the case where you're selling um, call spreads and put spreads, like an iron condor, you want it to finish out of the money. All right, guys. If you don't feel like you got an education today on options, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> so th this is, uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Great to us. Imran wants me to use it as a tool and see Intelligent Nation how I do. Um, I will do that soon, I guess. Not yeah. yet. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate oh, yeah. it, and uh, have a good have a good day. And yeah. sorry for the room studio when there was another person in. I know you were checking the stuff. Oh, no, stuff. it's so funny. It, I, was, I didn't see your message until I'd, I, you kicked me off three times. I, I, well, I know Aaron was. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I know because I feel bad. I thought you thought you were supposed to go on at one. So I'm like, I think oh, he thinks he's right, supposed to be. Right. No. I think, I said, I think he thinks he's supposed to be on at one. So, you know, get with him and tell him it's not till 1.30. So, yeah. I'm, so every time I look at the screen and I'm talking and I see you looking at me, I'm like all self-conscious. This guy's waiting for me. And I. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, Aaron, you got to communicate with him. And I didn't know if he did. And then, so I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. Me, that that was it. Stare. You're Let giving me, you're, yes, exactly. You're giving me like, like, and I had, uh, you know, and I had Anthony Denier on and I was like trying to focus on that. And then you kept looking at me at, at uh, half an hour early. I'm like, okay, so there must be some mistake because mm -hmm. like usually they're from there. So, um, yeah, that's it. So thank well, you. Thank so you. Much, where, where do you live now? Where these days? I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. We'll be in touch, right. and uh, maybe you'll get earnings data from us. Better earnings data for estimates there and actuals. I like All it. right. I like All right. Pitch. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right, guys. So that was cool. We went through a lot of stuff. We got Netflix earnings. Uh, we had Netflix earnings today. Aaron's not going to update the bottom banner, so I uh, have to now. It's still moving around with a different thing. So, oh nope, he did. Okay, he's he's getting there. I think we have a swagged up Benzinga store. Um, all right. Um, I appreciate you guys all. That's why they call him the Gator. That's right, Christian Gallagher. I appreciate you guys all. Like, I know you guys are all fighting for us, Zinger Nation, to take over the world, and we're all one. All the questions you guys ask, I ask. Benzinga Pro, we're building all the tools you guys want. We're spending a lot of money on this stuff. Uh, Internet Enforcers are helping us with our, you know, getting the video stuff straight. Uh, we got a lot of work to do, don't get me wrong, but we know we can get there because the only way we don't get there is if we quit. And we're not going to quit. We're going to keep fighting. And I'm going to bring on any guest you guys want. I just, like I have guests, big names emailing me. We'll bring on Elon Musk. I will bring on any guest you guys want because we're here for consistent shows. And you have to understand, these other YouTube channels go up and they go down and they, they're here today and gone tomorrow. And they're not doing, they're not, you know, that's it's different like there's some that are good but benzinga has been around since 2009 
we're going to be around 2030. We're here for you, but we can't grow without Zinger Nation. I say it and I don't mean it in a, like, I don't mean it just to say words. I really want Zinger Nation to be a community. Um, maybe we need a club. Maybe we need to put a thing on Benzinga.com where we have a community and a forum we can all, you know, get together and, and converse. We're working on some things, but Zinger Nation only grows with you guys. So you want access to information quicker. You want SPAC CEOs. Just let us know. We're going to, I'll tell you right now, I'm going 16, uh, I'll say 14 hour days. Um, the only thing, other thing I have is flag football. I was going to start golfing again. I used to be a good golfer. I almost joined a club to start golfing again. I'm not going to now. And it's Benzinga, flag football a couple times, like, you know, on the weekends when there's a game and ben, and you know my family that, but that's it so you guys have my number you can call text me when you guys have ideas my number is 248-766-0000 if you think you can improve our twitter following and get more followers we're at one hundred and sixty-five thousand. we really need to get to two hundred thousand. but zinger nation is all one one for all um and one for all i don't know what the th thing i'm trying to say i apologize um yeah, Jim Stocks, the live trading. Um, we're gonna um, we're gonna do that. We're gonna show the screens and show some live trading. We have one show that's doing that right now. I think it's at three o'clock. But we're gonna do a lot more of that. And I'm gonna like today. I made a bunch of trades, I, guys. I trim. I, you know, I've been trimming because you know my my um, that big trade I made in Pen. I like Pen. You guys know that. But when I saw it break down below hundred. I'm like, okay, it's going to go lower. So at 95 or 96, I sold, I sold um, more stock. At 89, I sold more stock. I think it could get to low 80s, high 70s. At high 70s, I'll buy more. But right now, I've been in a trimming mode. I bought that big position because I was taking a stand against that video that was released that they thought that would sell off the stock. That was wrong, but the, um, that was right at the time. I should have sold some at 108, but I was taking a stand, and you know, I can only take a stand you know, the market, Mr. Market control, you can't always move Mr. Market. So in the short term, I, I took some off. I sold a slight amount of BTN. And you guys know I've been selling GAN for a while. GAN used to be my biggest position and I've been selling it. And now it's at the, the price that we bought it at a while ago. Um, I need to see new deals that GAN gets. And I'm going to see if we can bring the GAN CEO on uh the show. Aaron Bree, um, Zoltan, please reach out to GAN CEO. It's time to bring them on. Okay. Um, join Benzinga on Instagram. Uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, um, and yeah, thank you. We, we've tried to bring on your guests. We love that you are doing these shows. I watch over and above network shows, except for Marianne. She's a longtime friend. Other than that, um, I'm all on Benzinga. So lady Robin Hood, tell us what we can do more. Maybe you want to host a show and bring guests on like, we're open to it. Zinger Nation is, it's your show. It's not like you're tuning in, when you're tuning into Fox, this is your show, but you're not tuning into our network. You're tuning in to your show. You guys want to be part of it. You, you're tuning into your show. You tell us who you want. This is your show. We need you. Like I, like the thing I, I would, I really need you guys to do is send an email to E-Trade and say, we would love Benzinga news because it's fast. It's more accurate. And if you send that email to powerhour at benzinga.com, we'll send you swag. Include your address, and Aaron Thomas will send out the swag today. We have a ton of swag. Um, Aaron Thomas, you know, at powerhour at benzinga.com. Send to E-Trade. You would like Benzinga News. Uh, send that to eToro, too, if you use them. Um, you know, so... It, 
I wonder if people would pay for a Benzinga subscription, like for video, but I, I don't know. If it was like $7 a month or $39 a year for video, I'm not sure. Um, if you can't find E-Trade's email, all you got to do is go to Google, google.com and type in uh, E-Trade contact page. And on that page, there's a page where you can just fill out a form and, and do that. That's that's simple as that, you know. Um, no, um, and Kel, I think we've had other female uh, leaders on. But um, good feedback. Let's get more on. You can never have enough. So, um, but we've we've definitely had more on. But um, we had three females on yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, Encal Lin Linda Marben was on on Thursday. So that's the one thing um, we got to be careful making. You know, like you know, comments if you're not totally accurate on it. You could ask the question instead. Um, yeah, no, that's good. It's good feedback. Yeah, um, yeah, no, Internet Forces uh, uh, agreed. I, I want to get you on our Slack channel. I want to get a lot of you guys on our Slack channel, the Benzinga Slack channel, so you can be in the everybody chat and give your input. Um, because if you guys can write articles too, we're always looking for more writers. If you can write about Dogecoin, if you can write about trade ideas that you see on CNBC and you can turn them around quick and you're easy to work with, I'll hire you tomorrow. I'll hire you now. But you got to be super easy to work with. Um, so, and Cal, I make a lot of mistakes. Um, and this is Zinger Nation. So we all support each other. I think we have a crypto show. When is the crypto show? Is it live now? I got to hang up? Yes, right. sir. We are live now over on the crypto show. All right. Send, a, um, send an email to E-Trade. Say you would like your Benzinga News. It's faster. Go into the contact us. Um, Put, you know, say, attention, um, attention, David Keir, um, or Larkin. Eagle Eyes, I, I, when I started Benzing, I didn't know, I didn't know if people were what race, ethnicity, girl or boy. I was all over the internet. But listen, I want to, I want to give people opportunities that haven't had opportunities. That's what I want. PhDs, poor, hungry, and driven. All right, guys, thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Rasnick. Um, follow Benzinga on Instagram. Uh, let's go. Let's get Zinger Nation going. Thank you. We love you. Thanks for Anthony Denier. If we, when we put the clips out, spread the love on those clips. And uh, we appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you.